0: ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Jones Report. Tyler Jones, we're with you, so glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be joined by Sean Goodwin, who is back on the program once again. We will catch up with Sean on all things that are going on in the soccer world, when he joins us in a bit. Plus, we'll have Coach Bo's Football Fix presented by O'Connor Advisory Group, as well as our weekly draft segment, draft season. We're drafting our favorite beers this week. And then at the end of the show, we'll have our Tom Fullery story of the week as well. Derek Hagelin is in for Thomas Richards this week, and he is uh, better than ever, as always. And uh, glad to have him back uh, once again, filling in for uh, Tom. And uh, Derek, it is a pleasure to, to have you here, my friend. How are we feeling?
1: Uh, you know, I'm feeling good. My hair is looking good, and uh, I know so you much, are.
0: Uh, it's so so
1: big and bright. You know, you get that's win. right. It really stands out in the crowd. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'm probably I'm 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 probably not as good as you, considering your uh, Oklahoma Sooners are in the uh, men's college world series championship game. Is that the first time in school history?
0: Um, no, because they've won the college world series before. It was a long okay. time ago, but
1: okay. Yeah. Long been. before we were ever before we were ever fawns in our parents' hearts. Right.
0: Yeah. Now I, I'm not one to, to toot my own horn, but I did uh, I did have somebody, one of my friends, say, "Man, Tyler, you had you've had just such a great year." You know, what I mean, you you start a new job, move to Dallas, Ku wins the national championship. Oh, you softball wins the championship. Now you got Oklahoma baseball in the final here. I mean. A lot of good going on. I I, uh, I had a great time in Omaha at the College World Series uh, this past weekend, uh, Derek. I mean, that uh, that town, Omaha, it, it was – I read it back like old times in, in more ways than one.
1: Well, and, you know, the other thing that you're it, – it's a great year for you. Mike Tomlin's still coaching your Steelers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm – yeah. you, you've been able to explore is still
0: not a, my, my father is still uh, still yelling at the TV somewhere about Mike Tomlin.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, we're 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 still trying to get your mother on the Chiefs bandwagon. Um, I don't know how 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 much longer my mother that's is gonna, gonna follow
0: wherever Baker Mayfield goes.
1: Well, Baker Mayfield, you know, might not uh be starting anywhere next year. So, or at least in 2023. Twenty twenty two, I mean.
0: <clears throat> yeah, we'll see. Um, but that's where, where my mother is at right now. Um this week, uh so I went to Omaha, I had a good time in the College World Series. And this week, Derek, the uh, the Summer of Jones takes a stop in uh, Nashville this weekend. Uh, oh boy! I love Nashville. I've had a lot of good memories in Nashville, and uh, this weekend won't won't disappoint, Derek.
1: Yeah, I've uh, I've I've never been to Nashville. That's definitely on the uh, on on the bucket list. But uh, you'll 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 have to uh, send me some snaps and let me know uh, exactly um, where you are.
0: I, I will. Um, I'll send you some snaps. It depends now. What kind of snaps are you looking for?
1: Um, you know, we we can talk about that off camera and off uh like, off air. Like in you the know.
0: shower, you know, that sound good.
1: Yeah, you know, some things don't need to be uh need to be shared and and uh, you know, put out into the, into the universe forever.
0: Okay, we, we keep that between us. You know, our, our that's right. Our when the recording
1: connection. stops, the real talk begins. Right. Yes,
0: uh, our special connection there. Uh, right. I do have good news for you. Uh, you you are are lucky enough, uh, Derek, that uh, the Summer of Jones in just a few weeks will be making a stop in Kansas City.
1: Oh oh, man! Uh, what uh, what <laughs> uh, what what week?
0: Um, it's uh, after the first of next month. So is
1: it like the weekend of the eighth?
0: I believe so. It's the weekend after the 4th of July.
1: Okay, that's perfect, because uh, Saturday, the 2nd of July, I'm going to Kenny Chesney at Arrowhead, and then uh, the uh, 15th and 16th of July, I got uh, my best friend's bachelor party.
0: Okay. Okay, yeah. 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 No, no, no. We, we won't get in the way
1: of that. Um, I will come Your fault. To- you're coming in the perfect weekend.
0: I'll just I- tell I- mom I-
1: whose birthday's the 8th, like Tyler's in town. You'll have to wait a couple days. Uh...
0: I think I went to your mom's birthday party one time. You went to Joe's. Their, Joe's their that's right.
1: Joe is Joe's the 3rd of July. Mora is the uh is the eighth. We had Mexican food, I believe. Yeah, we did. Yep, we did. Yep, yep.
0: <laughs> yes. So may- maybe was, uh two, maybe two years we'll ago. Birthday when,
1: party. Two 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 years ago when COVID was uh when COVID was going crazy. It seems like it was a lot longer, a lot longer than that.
0: Maybe uh maybe we need to do a a Royals game or, or,
1: or something, you know, for, for this. Uh, <laughs> sure. Let's check it out. Let's, let's I'll look at the schedule right now. Um, I know they're on the road right now. We're going to be, best, let me tell you what, if we, if we go to a Royals game, we got to make sure my brother's working because the best part of that is he gets uh, he gets $500 worth of free uh, concessions, every home game that he works. So what? Um, yes, beers are on the house that $500. Yeah, uh, they're in town, so we're set. Yes. We're golden. Oh they're playing God. Cleveland. Yeah, they're playing Cleveland tonight. He's an alcohol compliance supervisor, so every home game he can't use it on. Uh, he can't use it on retail because I already tried. I was going to try to get a Bobby Witt uh, City Connect jersey, and that got shut down real quick.
0: We could. I know that ballpark pricing is high. But you know how much alcohol we can get, 500 bucks worth in one night?
1: I went I went with uh, McLucky and uh, his roommate like a couple weeks ago. And even with all the stuff that we got, it was still like a not even 100 bucks. Can
0: your brother just like take us home after the game too?
1: Uh, he has to stick around pretty late. I'm not sure. So okay. we'll have to that's see. The,
0: I think that's the move here. If we're going to yeah. do this right – we're not well, driving we, we, got a, we we're gotta we gotta see
1: where back. I'm at on the on the weight loss journey too, because I need to be at a certain weight, uh, in my mind, uh, close to Kyle's wedding, which is in August. So
0: okay, I mean, you we, know. we can do one bad night to enjoy ourselves at the ballpark, you
1: know. Right. So yeah, well, but they're in town. They play Cleveland.
0: Okay, the Guardians.
1: I like that's them. right, man. Yeah, this is, this is a brilliant idea. Uh, this is the first. You're I've heard welcome. You. <laughs> that's because it was the first I'd heard of it when I went to a game back in May. I may have shown up sooner had I known this. I just, I said, I was like, Hey, I was, I, and actually, no, they were playing Minnesota. And I said, I was like, Hey, you know, like can I meet up and like, you get me a beer or two. He's like, Oh yeah. And so we go and he has this little card that he swipes. And, uh, it was for two beers. It was like 28 bucks. And the guy goes, Oh yeah, you got $472 left on this for tonight. I was like, what? And he, yeah. And my brother goes, Oh yeah, I get, uh, he's like, I get uh, $500 worth of free concessions every, uh, Every home game. And, you know, of course, me, I'm like, does this work on retail? Because there's a Bobby Witt Jr. jersey that I want. Well, you know what we
0: need to do, Doug? Like, we need to bring women. Like, this could be a very good date, you know?
1: Sure. Let's get our Tinder and Bumble uh, profiles up to date.
0: Right. And make your brother buy our drinks for our dates, our women. Yeah. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, this is great. That's a game changer right there. I love it. There you uh, go. I will be uh making my way to Kansas City. That you see, and then it doesn't even matter when the Royals lose by like eight runs either. We'll we'll That's right. cars away.
1: That's right. Exactly. We won't we 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 won't have to go to Chili's before the game. We can go somewhere else because <laughs> alcohol will be on the house. <laughs> we can feel God
0: in this Chili's tonight. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right.
0: Oh, that's good. Uh, Derek, uh, the NBA season is in the books officially. We'll talk about the draft in just a moment. But just looking back, the Warriors uh, claiming that title, taking down the uh, Boston Celtics in six games and winning those final two when the uh, series was knotted up the way they closed out there. Um, I look at it and – the way that the Warriors finished, Derek, uh, yeah. I mean, they outworked Boston. Austin Austin, Boston looked just dead compared to Golden State. I mean, I, I know that Golden State was the more talented team going in, but it, it looked like Boston just hit a wall and Golden State wasn't slowing down.
1: No, and 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 that was the thing, like you could tell in every fourth quarter especially after from from game four through game six, because um, the Warriors, I believe, won the last three of the series because they were down two one. Right. Um, and and what I hated about that series was was going into it when people were like the, the numbers and the analytics like, no. The numbers might say this, but I—I I, I think obviously we all know that the championship DNA that that the Warriors had with Steph, Clay, Draymond, even though Draymond played like shit that series, um, and you know every everything else, and how, how well the Warriors were. But I think we saw games four through six just how how gas Jason Tatum was. I mean, it looked like every time in the second half, you know, from midway through the third on through the fourth and games four through six, that he had absolutely no legs. He could not get anything going to, to get a shot. He was getting no elevation. He was getting no lift. He didn't want to drive to the basket. He didn't want to try to, um, you know, get into the lane and maybe get fouled and go to the, go to the free throw line. It, it, he was so exhausted because of how much he had to play, in the playoffs to begin with, but just to close out the game in each half, that finals, and and you could see that the the Warriors' depth guided them so much farther um, than what than what the Boston Celtics had. You know, Gary Payton Jr. could come in, Otto Porter Jr., Kevon Looney started coming off the bench when Steve Kerr decided to make that change, um, and then you know Jordan Poole who was hit or miss at times, but, but finished the series pretty strong to help get the Warriors to, to their fourth championship in the last eight years. It was just, it was phenomenal um, to see, especially where that team was two years ago, um, two, two to three years ago when, when Kevin Durant got hurt, blew his Achilles out uh, in the finals against Toronto and then Clay tore his ACL. And then last year, Clay ruptures his Achilles. And then there were people that thought the Warriors would never get back, but, you know, I think we all realize Bob Myers is the greatest is the right now is the best GM in all of the NBA. And it's not even close. You find guys, you make a trade, you trade D'Angelo Russell to get Andrew Wiggins that helped them win a championship, but so did also getting Jordan Poole. I believe it was 29th overall in the 2019 draft. They are just so good at talent evaluation in Golden State. It, It is unreal. And we're talking about a team that had two lottery picks last year and Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, who hardly played and James Wiseman, was the second overall pick in 2020. How how
0: many teams, let's just say for all intents and purposes, those three picks are not great picks. Maybe Kaminga and those others, you know, evolved down the line. But right now, those three don't look like good picks. Let's say for all intents and purposes that that holds true. How many teams could be so good at everything else that they could afford to essentially miss on three picks, and including a former number what, two pick in Wiseman. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, that that it, it, I'm sure they're still, you know, mad at themselves for what they did picking those guys, but for it to not get in the way of them winning a championship, that's just unheard of.
1: Right. And for those guys to really not even contribute, um, Moses Moody hardly played at all in the playoffs. Jonathan Camino played sparingly, played when needed or when the matchup dictated it. Um, it, it, It's unbelievable. Those guys somewhat got a redshirt year and were able to win a championship. And the Warriors didn't even really need it, which which is what the crazy part is, because obviously they took their time. With Clay coming back, they took the, their time with Steph coming back. And then, you know, Wiggins emerged. Jordan Poole was able to serve in a role. And then you find guys – having guys where Kaminga and Moody and Wiseman aren't necessarily contributing, that's where it helps to have guys who can play like Kavon Looney. And then you can have a Gary Payton Jr. or uh, Gary Payton II come in and and contribute. Um, you know, you get an Otto Porter Jr. It's just amazing how well Golden State's roster was constructed, like you said, and they didn't even have, you know, three lottery picks play that they've taken in the last two drafts.
0: Right. Yeah, it's it's incredible that they've been able to do what they did. And, and of these four championships that Golden State has now won in the last eight years, For me, I thought, Derek, this was the most impressive of the four Mm. of what they went through, going from the bottom of the barrel to rising back up for doing it with older guys. Clay was not a shell of himself from a few years ago. Neither was Draymond. Steph was still great, but maybe even he wasn't as good as what he was a couple of years ago. I mean, for them to do what they did, I mean, here's what I point to. I believe it was. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was Game Five. Steph did not make a single three pointer, and yet yeah. they still won by double digits. And I'm yeah, like, because
1: Wiggins and others were, were playing well. Yeah, like, they, they won the Game hell Five. What are supposed to do at that yeah. point? Then.
0: if Steph can't make threes and you're still losing by ten, I mean, throwing the yeah. Well, and, that's and, and the series ended essentially.
1: And, and 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 I think one of the crazy things is too is like, you know. When you're in the finals as much as they were from 2015 to 2019, you're going to have injuries. Kevin Durant gets hurt. He leaves. Clay Thompson gets hurt, then gets hurt, hurt again. Then in 2019, early on in the year, Steph breaks his wrist, and then you have COVID, and the Warriors aren't even invited down to the bubble because they were so terrible. Um, but then Bob Myers makes a trade, brings in Wiggins, gives Minnesota D'Angelo Russell, um, and that helped them win a championship this year. But the thing that was the most impressive that I think everyone got to see is that, yes, you truly do see how great of a coach Steve Kerr is. He deserves to be on that top 15 coaches of all time, getting his fourth um, championship, because you're seeing they won without Kevin Durant and went to another finals without him in 2015 and then in 2016. And then now they've won another championship without him. So I'm, I've been of the, the, the thought since Golden State won. Kevin Durant needed the Warriors more than the Warriors needed Kevin Durant. And I I don't know if that taints his legacy or in any way, but I do think it shows just the depth and the overall greatness of Steve Kerr, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and that organization, and what they were able to pull off because, you know, Kevin Durant leaves playing with Steph Curry to go play with Kyrie, and they've not even made it to the conference finals. And Kyrie might be leaving Brooklyn because that motherfucker is crazy.
0: We'll talk about a uh, free agency here in uh, just a moment, but on the Celtics end of things, the Celtics we mentioned collapsed down the stretch, really yeah. just fell apart. Uh, the turnovers by Jason Tatum were just so atrocious, the most ever by one player in the NBA playoffs. Um I'm not going to sit here and go through the dumb debate of did the Warriors win it or did the Celtics lose it? But nonetheless, with, with that said, I, I do feel like um the Warriors, you know, were the better team, the better team won, but the Celtics absolutely. did not help themselves. The, help, the Celtics did get in their own way in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I thought it was foolish to have, when the analytics and the numbers were saying that Boston was favored, I, I would have had golden state favored by far. Um, I felt like they were the the better team, but I think one of the things we saw the evolution of Boston throughout the season, I think it was like January 21st on, they were the best defensive team in the league. They had the best record in the NBA or one of the best records in the NBA um, after January 21st, you know, Marcus smart won defensive player of the year, their depth really got tested in the finals because they didn't have enough horses to be able to compete and run with golden state. And I think as much as, and as good of an addition as Derek white was for um, the Celtics at the trade deadline, they still never this year had a true point guard. I think that's one thing that they need to go out and they need to address, you know, Marcus smart is fine, but he was a guy who, who played with the ball in his hands at times at Oklahoma state. Um, it it remind me, was it Keaton page who was their yes. point guard? Okay, uh, so keep Page,
0: and then uh, they uh, after that uh, – But
1: Smart was only at Oklahoma State for two years, but he wasn't a true – he wasn't a true point guard. And I think that right. that's something that Boston could greatly benefit from going forward. It's not going to be Peyton Pritchard. It's not going to be, um, you know – Marcus Smart. They need to figure out a way to get a primary ball handler there because I think that's going to help open up things for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and it's going to make things easier for everybody else. They too. Forte, and they've got, they've, they've they got was, to be
0: younger. They had Phil Forte actually, who was basically yeah. the same guy as Chucky as a uh, Keaton Page.
1: Yeah, but but they need to get younger. I mean, they right. they, they are so old, especially um, with, with Al Horford out there. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what what Boston does going forward.
0: Um, I, I like Udoka. I think he's a really good yeah. coach, and he's done a good job with that team. Um, you mentioned they need to get younger. I agree. But I would also say that um, what they went through, that losing this championship does not divert – The the process, if you want to call it that for Boston, I still think this team's on the right trajectory going forward Derek.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I think you're seeing, you know, Brad Stevens should hopefully be able to learn from this and how to build a roster. I mean, they were in, I think it was ninth or 10th place in late January, and they ended up the two seed in were were in the NBA finals and just ran into a better team. Hello, dog. Yeah, Darby and Reagan are going out.
0: Go ahead. Continue on there.
1: No, that—that that, that's oh. a, that was my point.
0: Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, with, with that said, yeah, I agree with you. The the Celtics uh, are going to be just fine uh, for for a long time. The, fa- the foundation, the building blocks are there, but uh, we'll see what happens at this point going forward. So, with that, that leads us into the NBA offseason. Start out with the draft. Draft coming up on Thursday night. Um, first off Jabari Smith from Auburn has risen up draft boards within the last couple of weeks. It seemed like that Chet Holmgren was on his way to be in the number one pick, but the magic like what they see out of Jabari Smith and Derek, uh, I like Jabari Smith a lot. I know you do too. Um, yeah. th- this pick for the magic, what, what I look at here is It's the smart pick. It's the right pick, you know, him or Banchero. I like either one of those guys uh, much better than Holmgren here, but the magic have been so unstable and they haven't shown any sign that they're headed the right direction. You know, like, you know, you look at the Thunder, who are in a rebuild right now, and you know, going, you know, doing all this, you know, Tank City and collecting all these draft nine
1: hundred draft picks over the next ten years. You know
0: that, okay, with their nine hundred picks, eventually they're going to put together a pretty damn good roster down the line. I haven't seen anything with the Magic that indicates this team's heading in the right direction. Jabari Smith <laughs> might get drafted by Orlando and be a great player on just a terrible team for several years.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that that, that's what's going to be interesting, because I I do not believe in Chet Holmgren at all. And I've had talks with 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 other people who have covered college basketball for a long time, people who cover the NBA. To me, I just don't see it. Um, He's not a Kevin Durant type. He can't shoot. He's not a, a big-time scorer. I mean, everybody knew in college Kevin Durant could score, even with you know being so slender and not having hardly any muscle on him, and he's turned out to be you know, arguably one of the five greatest scorers in the history of the NBA. Chet Holmgren can't shoot consistently. He doesn't, he's, he doesn't have the ability to stretch the defense in a way that um, if he's going to be that small, you, you would want um, from, from your guy who's going to be over seven feet and going to be clogging the paint um, I, I don't think he's going to develop a consistent shot. I think if you have him try to put muscle on, it's going to be more of an Anthony Davis issue where he's consistently getting hurt because his frame is not built to be able to take on all this added weight and all this added muscle that you're bringing in. And at, at the end of the day, I think Chet Holmgren's ceiling is, you know, a, a dollar general Walmart type, Rudy Gobert, uh, somebody you're not going to run a lot of plays for offensively, you're not going to do much for him in terms of uh, other than just lobs and getting him paint and perimeter touches, and he's just going to rebound and defend, which that's fine. But in today's day and age of the way the NBA is played, if you can have a five man that can stretch the floor and can score, that puts you ahead of a lot of teams, especially if you don't have a superstar at other positions.
0: Uh, I really like Banchero. I'd love to see him. I love, end up, I love. Yeah, I'd love to see him end up in Oklahoma City, ideally. Yeah. But I, I have a, a scary feeling in the back of my mind that Sam Presti looks at Chet Holmgren as a typical Sam Presti player. Like I feel like if you put a gun to my head, Chet Holmgren, as much as I hate to say it, is going to end up in Oklahoma City. And I mean, I, I think at best chat is christoph porzingis porzingis a very good player but i mean
1: i think that's i don't think he's the athlete that 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 christoph was even coming out of lithuania or wherever wherever he's from i i don't think um i don't think hungren is near the athlete that 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 christoph porzingis was i think
0: benchero and smith have way higher ceilings like both those guys could be superstars
1: I, I think the three guys who, who, who could probably end up having the best careers out of this draft class, I think it's Bancaro number one for sure. I, I think he's the stone-cold lock, like write it down. This guy's going to be the best player that comes from this class. Um, I think Jabari Smith, Jabari Smith is up there as well. He's got to develop and get a, a better overall shot and be able to score more from uh, the perimeter. And then I think the other guy is Jay Nivey. And I would take all three of those guys before I would ever consider taking Chet Holmgren.
0: Yeah, J- Jaden Ivy uh, is getting a lot more traction in the uh, the last couple of weeks as well. And what's really interesting too, you know, we mentioned the the Thunder in this tank mode. The Rockets are in there. I mean, there's some well-run organizations right back to the bottom right now that. We're gonna, I think we're gonna look at this draft and be like, wow, the Rockets found that guy or the Thunder found that guy. I mean, this to me, for better or for worse, a lot of damage is gonna be done one way or the other in 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 this draft here with, with some of these teams that are used to being towards the top.
1: Yeah, this is this is gonna be a make or break draft for a lot of teams. And so that's why I think Oklahoma City, who has all these picks coming up should not waste it on a player like Chet Holmgren, who I really don't think is going to do much um, in, in contributing to them when I think you could get Bancaro and he's probably going to be an all-star form fairly consistently and pair him with Shea Gilgis Alexander. I think that would be great for Oklahoma city.
0: Yeah, I think so. Now one argument I've heard is like the, the whole timeline idea, and Oklahoma City is one example of this, of, okay, you, you have a potential superstar in, in Shea, but do you does he match the timeline of your other players? And, you know, you got a new collective bargain agreement coming up in a, in a couple of years. And do right. you want to pay Shea all-star money, but then have everybody else on rookie contracts, or would you rather just have all your players in rookie contracts here? To me, it's going to be interesting – uh you know when it it comes about on on a Thursday night of what players get moved whether it be Shea or others to see it yeah field, they they need to have their timelines in place of some sorts I mean you know a, a guy like Shea you know could get traded and it's not a knock on him it just has to do with how their organization's planning to run
1: yeah. Well, and I mean, they just gave him that big contract extension. So I do think that he probably is in their plans for the future. Um, but the the one thing for sure about Pressey is, is, is you never know. Um, I mean, you know, trading Paul George and, and, and so on and so forth. Granted those guys want it out. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to see what Oklahoma city does at that number two spot.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, who are some guys you think that could be on the, on the trade block, who do you think could be some moving parts to potentially be packaged to maybe get teams to move up or down in this draft? there?
1: Well, I'll, I'll, I'll start um, just because I've been hearing a lot of it out of Chicago is Chicago's supposedly looking to potentially trade the 18th pick and, and maybe Nikola Vucevic uh, and get Rudy Gobert um, from, from Utah. Um, and I've also heard that they're looking to maybe maybe potentially trade Kobe white and package, um, the 18th pick for, um, for, for somebody that could be like a three and D guy coming off the bench. Um, you know, there's been a lot of people that have wanted to talk about like Russell Westbrook might be on the move, maybe Kyrie Irving, but I I feel like you're not going to know more about those guys until, um, until free agency starts and the tampering period starts on, on June 30th. I, I, I just don't see anybody moving. Um, I don't see anybody willing to trade for Russell Westbrook's contract as much as the Lakers want to get out of that. I, I just don't see that happening.
0: So, so you don't see much movement occurring on Thursday night. You think teams are going to hold, hold off till next week.
1: I, I, I think it's going to be one of those things that there's going to there could be a potential trade that happens that nobody's expecting. Um, like, you know, I remember back in um, I think it was 20. Yeah, it was 2017 when um, Chicago decided to trade um, the seventh overall pick and they drafted Lowry marketing uh, with Minnesota. They traded Jimmy Butler to Minnesota. Um, and they got Zach Levine in that deal and, and, and Chris Dunn and and nobody was really knowing if Jimmy Butler was going to get traded, um, at the time, you know, I am hearing rumors that, you know, people are talking about potentially Ben Simmons being on the move. And it's like, why, why, to me, that would just blow my mind if Ben Simmons is on the move and the guys traded for the second time in the calendar year. And he didn't even play a game this season.
0: Right. And he, uh, he, I
1: think, is the biggest name.
0: Well, then, then to me, what was really fascinating, this whole Kyrie stuff, he left Cleveland, got out LeBron's shadow, and now the idea of him going to Los Angeles potentially. Yeah. Um, I'm like, well, wait, wait, what happened there? I mean, and, and if you're the Nets who are offering him, you know, a super max contract that want him to stay, um, to me, that, that is one where the the Nets, you know, they, they, they stuck their hand out for him. No matter how right. you, you – know, I'm not, not going to go in the vaccine debate and all that. You know, that, that's been discussed, you know, for many, many, many months ago. But right. what the Nets did, you know, to, to make the adjustments and the things that they did and fought for him, if he wants out with all that they went through with, as much as they did not get out of him um, – I mean, what, what a sorry move that would be from Kyrie Irving to demand out of Brooklyn. Uh, and essentially, that would be the third place that he wanted to get out of at this point. I mean, is Kyrie ever going to be happy?
1: Well, and, and the thing is, is like, obviously you, you said, like, we don't need to, to to rehash the whole him choosing not to be vaccinated and how that all went down. And like a lot of the things that he believes, including like the earth being flat. But it's it's one of those things where it's like if it's not one thing with Kyrie, it's another. Like, let's not forget in 2020, 2021, Kyrie said he needed to take some time off from the game uh, and be with his family. And then video surfaces of him and his stri- sister at a strip club um, when, when the Nets were family affair. W- yeah, sure, um, but you know that. And then, like when 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 Brooklyn was invited down to the bubble, and Kyrie wasn't going to play, and he was telling player other players in the league, "Don't play, don't do this. Like, let's screw the owners over. Like this, that, and the other." So it's just one of those things where you you wonder what goes on in his mind and the things that um that that he thinks and I, I, I you the one thing with Kyrie is you never know how this is going to play out. Right. Right. Um, one
0: guy that has not been happy for a while that we could see being dealt is uh, DeAndre Ayton here. Um, yeah. Rumors uh, with the idea of him going to Detroit or maybe Sacramento. Um,
1: and Detroit just traded Jeremy Grant to Portland, so –
0: yeah, I mean, you you look at uh, with with DeAndre Ayton. Here they were just a year ago in the NBA Finals, but I've heard nothing but negativity since. What 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 is this? Yeah. Why can those two sides not come together?
1: I, I I I that's the thing because I think he is he makes Chris Paul Chris Paul's job easier, and I mean, obviously Chris Paul's a, a, a top ten top five point guard of all time, despite the idiocy that Patrick Beverly tries to say. Um, But, you know, he makes things easier for Devin Booker. He helps that, that, that bench unit. I mean, if you look back at it, I believe it was when, when, when they were in the conference finals against the the Clippers and Chris Paul missed those first two games in 2021 because of COVID, DeAndre Ayton was arguably the best player on that team, the first two games for, for Phoenix. And I can understand Phoenix deciding and saying, "Hey, let's wait a year. Let's not pay him. Let's try to retool and put resources in into the team and other areas so that we can make another run at this." And they were the best team in the league. They they won the most games in the regular season. Um, you know, they they lost a heartbreaking series and played terribly in Game Seven of the Western Conference Semis uh, uh, against the Dallas Mavericks. But for me, athletic big men that can play and and do what DeAndre Ayton does. Now, granted, he's not an All Star. Um, and, and I know he was, he was a one, one, but I feel like he's one of those guys that you have to have him on your team, no matter what, like you're going to have to pay. It's like, it's like the chiefs with, with Orlando Brown, you know, you're going to have to pay the left tackle more money than he might be worth. You don't need to give him Trent Williams money, but if you want Patrick Mahomes blind side to be protected, you need to pay the guy. And Deandre Ayton, even though he's not an elite, you know, he's not Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid. He means so much to that team that I think they can ill afford to lose him because I think Phoenix takes a drastic step back um, if 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 they decide to not re-sign him.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um, now another one, a name that, that's come up of a possible another trade candidate uh, is D'Angelo Russell. And I, I felt like, Derek, you know, this guy hasn't been in the league that long, and he's a good player, and it feels like he gets traded every year almost.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was traded from Minnesota or from L.A. to Brooklyn, and then uh, from Brooklyn to Golden State, and then from Golden State to, to Minnesota. And all he is is a guy who produces 20 point, over 20 points a game, eight eight assists. Why did nobody want this guy? And, and, and that's what's crazy is because I actually think he's a very valuable piece in the way that Minnesota uses him with now having Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. Um, so for him to be able to be able to play off the ball because Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards are guys that need the ball. D'Angelo Russell, he can catch, he can shoot. He learned how to do a lot of that in, in the year that he played um, with, with Golden State, but I think he's a guy who, if you have him on your team, he 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 definitely he definitely makes you better. But I just don't understand why teams are willing to move on from him so quickly. But Minnesota has been a terribly run organization ever since Kevin Garnett left, so nothing they do should surprise anyone. They've got like what two playoff appearances in the last fifteen years?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like there are whether it's this draft, which is a very good draft class. Yeah. And all these trade rumors that we're talking about, everything going on in the league, that this is a power shifting off season. Like this is one that, you know, I don't know what you have planned for the 4th of July, but I I would not be turning off my phone. I'd be keeping the notifications on. I mean, it's the trades, the free agency, the draft. I think we're looking at a very active offseason. and the teams, the, the top dogs as we know them right now could very well be different here in two weeks.
1: Well, and, and, and it's a French, it's a, it's, it's an altering draft, but there's really not a ton of depth in my opinion, like top heavy guys in free agency, like Kyrie may opt out. And then obviously Kevin Durant may request a trade, but, you know, that's that's a let's see what happens when um, what after after the draft and everything. But to, to go along with that, I mean, you know, Bradley Beal, he opted out. But, you know, he's probably going to resign with Washington. You know, Zach Levine's a, a a free agent. All indications are over the last couple of days that he intends to sign a five year extension with the Bulls because they can offer him 50 million, 50 million more dollars than anybody else. Sounds and like David so
0: Garden to stay in Philly.
1: Yeah, James Harden's going to stay in Philly. And so the, the thing is, is like there's really not a lot of teams that have the cap space right now to sign a lot of these guys that are going to command major money. You know, there's really not, you know, many teams at all that could afford to sign a guy like a James Harden, like a Bradley Beal, like a Zach Levine. Um you know, so it's it's really gonna be interesting to see what type of magic might happen on, on draft night. And, you know, the, the NFL is great with, with drama trades, but the NBA is pretty damn good too.
0: Here, here's an example. Here's something to think about. So remember when we had that big year where the cap jumped up and Tyler Johnson, I believe it was got way overpaid by the mind. Yes.
1: He got like $80 million from the heat.
0: Right. That was the gag joke. Um, this year, it feels like Jalen Brunson is that Tyler Johnson player. Yeah. Except in this case, teams a little more strapped on cash. Like, Jalen Brunson's not getting, even if he stays in Dallas and they keep him, he's not getting the Tyler Johnson money of a couple of years ago, although he's probably about the same quality player.
1: Yeah, and and <laughs> I, I, actually, um, I actually think Jalen Brunson's a better player because I think he's a better shooter. Um, he's not as tall or as athletic as, um, as I think Tyler Johnson was, but, um, I, I think the Knicks are going to make a huge run at, uh, at, um, Jalen Brunson.
0: Derek I think Zavs. the Av's
1: just won, by the way.
0: Derek's Av's just won. Uh, yes. lead, right?
1: Yes. I, I think it's three, one. I, I I didn't see if the if the if the if the puck went in the back of the net. <laughs> I think it did. This is, uh, this is insane. Let's see. Let's see the replay. <laughs> that looks like an. Oh attitude. yes, that's a goal. It got stuck in the top of the net. <laughs> that's a goal. Fuck and that you. was talking hockey. That's us end uh, this in Colorado. Hell yeah. <laughs> Nazem they baby, coming back. 18-day layoff after Evander Kane broke his thumb in Game 3 of the Western Conference Finals up in Edmonton. Scores the game-winning goal tonight. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, uh...
0: A nice way to end uh, our first segment of the show. Uh, we 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 got in a little bit of hockey,
1: uh, the abs beating Tampa Bay, sending it back. To this is, this Tampa. is, this is Three. the beauty of a podcast. Sorry. We were, yes. we're both watching hockey and I'm a big abs fan. And I know you're a stars guy. So. I've
0: been a lifelong stars fan for about two months.
1: We have a new head coach. I can't remember his name. You know, you know, you know, what's crazy is, is, and I, and we can move on, but, uh, I, I had used to when when there used to be the Kansas City Blades in town and they were never an affiliate of an NHL team. Um, but I used to go to hockey games all the time. And then um, I'd never been to a pro hockey game. And then my best friend uh, got us his company's tickets in twenty eighteen when we were out in Denver. And we were eight rows off the ice at an avalanche game. And I was like, this is going to be my team. And, and they've been your team ever since. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, but I'd never really been, like, I had watched playoff hockey, but I'd never had a team that I had I had been like, you know, this is what I'm going to do, or this is where I'm going to, you know, this is who I'm going to root for. But I'm, 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 I'm that way with the Avs right now. I love it.
0: That's great. Uh, we will step aside. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be joined by Sean Goodwin as uh, we'll be talking all things soccer Big news for Kansas City and Dallas both as they will be uh getting World Cup games in 2026. Also gonna talk MLS more when Sean joins us. Later on, we'll have Coach Bo's Football Fix presented by O'Connor Advisory Group. We will also have uh our uh, Tom Fullery story of the week and our draft. This week, we're drafting the best beers, all that and more as we continue. Stay with us here in the Jones. Joining us now on the Jones Sport this week, it is an old friend who is back on the program once again. It has been way too long, and both of our lives have changed quite a bit since the last time we had him on the show. Sean Goodwin joins us, the uh, newest member of the Idaho Statesman, but he's still all over the uh, soccer scene as well, and so we're pleased to have him join us on the uh, show this week and uh, reunite. Sean, it has been a minute, my friend, but uh, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us, man.
3: Yeah, for sure, Tyler. Um, I'm excited, especially, you know, it's the summer of Jones. So, you know, you finally get me on for the summer of Jones. Um, I've been waiting for the call. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm glad to finally be here. But now, yeah, i was in Idaho now. Obviously, for folks who don't know, haven't heard me in a couple of years, we used to be in Kansas City together and back at KU. Um, and yeah, I'm up here. You're down in Dallas, so it's been a little bit of a journey, hasn't it, my friends?
0: It, it has indeed. So, so how are you experiencing your summer of Jones? Are you having a good summer of Jones in Boise?
3: Yeah, it's just warming up. Uh, finally walked into the foothills this past uh, this past weekend. I can see him from my window, but he was just kind of like a, a far off wonderland. Uh, so, yeah, getting outside a little bit. Sun's heating up. Plenty of passages around here. So, uh, you know, be friends. What was do you Grace?
0: Exactly, that's great, John. Uh, there in uh, in Boise, uh, you've gone to the dark side of the news side of things. Uh, I know that you're still a sports and soccer guy through and through. Uh, tell me what what's the day to day like? Uh, what you, what you're covering now at, up there at uh, Boise?
3: Yeah, off to the dark side um for anyone who finds me on twitter it's probably 80 percent soccer still um but yeah you know my day-to-day it's very much so my position is called a uh, service journalism a uh, new position with docker doing it across a bunch of my newspapers um and yeah i'm very much you know day-to-day um perusing you know social media websites you know next door reddit twitter of course asking people questions online um what, what do people want to know about the city? And it, it's very much reacting to breaking news uh, and, you know, kind of giving people that extra information, just those extra four, 500, you know, four, 500, 600 words. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my day-to-day. I out two to three stories a day, but keeps me busy. Can't complain. It's, uh, it's not sports, it's not soccer, but, uh, you know, I've settled in, so can't complain.
0: That's great. Uh, Certainly excited for you how uh, things have gone for you on that front and making this move out there to uh, Idaho and having a great time. So uh, I got to ask you on the uh, soccer front, things have certainly been exciting. uh, I would think with, you know, this year in 2022, we find out the teams that are going to Qatar. We also found out the host cities for the 2022 world cup here in a few years. And, uh, you know, all, all just the countdown to the World Cup and having to wait a little bit longer. Uh, what, what, what a year it's been just already, Sean.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's been a halve a year. I feel like we've been waiting for these World Cup cities for a while now. Uh, you know, COVID pushed things back. It pushed back uh, the FIFA official visits to the U.S. cities. And, uh, yeah, this past week we finally got in. You know, we have, a, I think, a great collection of cities personally. Um you Know, I would have loved to have seen maybe one more Miss West City. Uh, you know, really surprised at Chicago never really had a passing ring. And I thought Denver could have been a great city, but from Whitehead, yeah, the committee out there it didn't go down as well as maybe a Kansas City did, who obviously did get a World Cup host spot. But yeah, I think it's going to be a great World Cup. Obviously, it's the extended field, it's going to be the most games ever played. And hopefully, the highest attendance for World Cup ever. Uh, but, you know, it's 2026. We have a little while to go until then.
0: Yeah. And uh, for Kansas City in particular, to get these uh, World Cup matches, uh, Quentin Lucas and everybody involved made such a, uh, yeah. a great effort. Uh, you know, you, you and I know Kansas City is the soccer capital of the U.S. and how much people love soccer in KC. But the effort that was put in, The collective Mm -hmm. effort that went into getting this done, this wasn't easy. This was a project that they would put together well-organized from the moment that they started this committee to the way it finished. Um, I was so impressed with the organizational aspect of it. We knew that the fans would be there for it, but all the work that was involved, that was some hard work that paid off.
3: Wonderful work. You know, you mentioned Quinks and Lucas, Lucas, you got Kathy Nelson. Um, obviously, you know, you've got everyone involved, um, Chris and Angie Long with the Casey Currents, um, everyone around sports and KC. You know, everyone was in. But yeah, I think that's what really did it for Kansas City. And uh, you know, folks in Denver were kind of angry about KC. I saw a singing as um, Nashville, did get it, yeah, Nashville. and yeah, gave all looking at Kansas City, like what the heck and you know, I mean, like you said, we like to call it the soccer capital of the US. And I mean, I think it's hard to argue with that, but even just organizationally, I mean, you know, I covered pretty much most of the beers up until Christmas when I moved out here. And you're not just talking about a committee that's offering a plan to FIFA. You were talking about giant posters downtown with streetcar wraps saying we want the World Cup. Um, I was there for the big... He did a whole ceremony and whatnot Casey Power and Lights served famous Kansas City barbecue to the FIFA delegation, which I think is what sold it personally. <laughs>
0: um,
3: think of my, I think it was Q39. So, yeah, yeah, served them, so you can't complain about Q39. But yeah, I think uh, obviously it's also Arrowhead because gonna be a little concern with transportation for Kansas City, but because talks about getting a streetcar out there as well. For folks who don't know much about the streetcar, you know, it's, up and down off to South Kansas City, both gates and out east to the Missouri side. Um yeah, I think I'll be a, a huge gain for the city, not just for the World Cup, but going forward too.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> I'd much rather take streetcar than have to pay for parking at Arrowhead, uh, if I could.
3: <laughs> exactly.
0: Um uh, but yeah, the, the organizational side of things and, and I gotta tell you, uh we end all this uh getting the uh the airport uh redone. Mm. I mean,
3: Exactly. Thank,
0: thank God, you know, I mean, I will gladly fly into that new airport, you know, and, and, and see all this. If that's what was over the edge, the new airport, by all means, that's great. Uh, but, you know, at, at Arrowhead, too, you know, I, I see these other sites and, you know, like here in Dallas, we're getting it at, at Cowboys Stadium. And that's going to be great. But it seems like all those other yes. venues, you know, SoFi Stadium, all these, you know, or turf stadiums and you know, feel like, you know, big football stadiums, you know, Arrowhead is, I know that it is a traditional football stadium, but the way that they've hosted soccer before, and we know how that fan base can get, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's still going to have a a very much an international feel to with a a little bit of Midwest flavor in, like there's going to be a balance, I think, of what Arrowhead could provide compared to maybe some of these other stadiums that are going to be hosted.
3: Yeah, I mean, for, I mean, for one, they are gonna gonna widen the field a little bit because uh, right now the field's too narrow for a soccer field. Uh, so they're adjusting your stadium a bit. And with that being said, we already know how how on top Gakufang is gonna be at Arrowhead. You know, it's, it's a nice tight stadium. So if you're expanding a field even more, um, yeah, I mean, you're looking at you, you should be looking at especially the big games a packed stadium. We're talking about a stadium that's backing. Gosh, was it 2010 now, I think it was. Uh, The Kansas City Wizards versus Manchester United. Friendly, nothing about it. Just a chance to see some high-quality soccer players come to Kansas City. You know, Kansas City sold out Arrowhead. Not a single MTC saying, I think that's exactly what we'll see at Arrowhead for the World Cup. You know, this is the biggest and best players and nations in the world playing for the biggest trophy in sports, right? Right. So... What's, you know, incredibly exciting
0: so yeah. then the of of what kansas city's getting is it likely they could end up having a u.s home match what about as far as when it comes to the the level of match are we looking at just group stage games or we could we see a semifinal game there i mean what type of games do you think we'll see in kansas city you
3: know um i'd say there's a a small chance that the US Cup play there, um, obviously it depends on the group stages and where the groups are placed and I only say that because of the Compass Rules uh, training and performance centre in Kansas City, you know it's, US soccer uses it for a lot um, so that, that's definitely a draw they have great facilities of course Children's Mercy Park will be practising after new Kansas City current in the NWSL they have a brand new practice facility a brand new stadium by then as for uh, the stage, I think it could be a... I don't see quarterfinal onwards. Rounds of 16, um, certainly a possibility. But, you know, I think once you start against that quarterfinal stage, that's when you're looking at the likes of, you know, SoFi and MetLife and Gillette and, you know, those kinds of stadiums, closest to good go coasts and the bigger cities at the end of the day. I can't imagine FIFA shipping a huge game to the Midwest. as sad as that makes me say?
0: Yeah, we'll take what we can get, essentially uh, at this point. But nonetheless, uh, I remember uh, Sean when when you and I both covered Sporting Kansas City, and it was literally right before the pandemic hit at a media day, and and uh, you know Peter Vermees and Sporting Kansas City management was kind of asked about the growth of the game. And we hear that term a lot, especially in this sport. And the common theme was they felt like the next step for U.S. soccer in America was going to be this 2026 World Cup, that it was going to take things up a notch. Sean, we've seen a lot of progress the last few years. What do you think the impact is going to be on the game in this country with what 2026 will do, not just for Kansas City, but nationwide?
3: You just have to look at the impact of what 1994 did, right? Uh, you know, it a good sports in, in essence. You know, obviously it's comparative, but compared to what soccer was before the 1994 World Cup, here compared to what it was afterwards, um, that was a huge help, of course. And Major League Soccer was born a couple of years later. Um, now, FIFA's president, uh, Infantino, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this on the, uh, the announcement show, Tyler, but he says that by 2026, FIFA, uh, soccer will be the biggest sport in US. I, I think that's a bit ambitious. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little stretch. But no, um, I do think, it, you know, you, you look at some of the I, I think it's very tough to be catching up to the likes of NBA and NFL. Uh, but, I mean, heck, by 2026, and you're talking about the World Cup here, NHL, you know, it's going to be catching up to hockey, I think, MLB, obviously there's all the conversation around the, the younger generation not watching much baseball and how they're going to keep fans soccer is the highest you know highest growth right now so by 2026 you know we could be talking about soccer being number three number four sports in the country in my opinion
0: well and and i felt like that you know whether it was the mls when when they did the mls's back tournament and and you know you, you looked around globally the the sport responded well to this pandemic of of being proactive and trying to get events out there, even if it was in front of no crowds or just being on TV. Uh, I mean, they, they, it was one of the first international sports to make a, a pretty decent comeback.
3: Yeah. Um, I remember it was your first U.S. sports maker comeback uh, for a little while. I was the only sports reporter at the start doing game coverage. Um, and, you know, I was inside the bubble down in Orlando, but yeah, I, I think a lot of eyes got on, got to um, I'm soccer because of that. And I think it just kind of shows that the leadership is there to say, Hey, we can, you know, we can go together and put together a tournament and put together entertainment for people and do it quickly. And when you have got kind of leadership at the top, you know, it's a good sign moving forward, isn't it?
0: Oh yeah, certainly. Uh, certainly is. So looking ahead to this world cup here in uh, 2022, Sean, uh, I think everybody right away off the jump is going to be looking at that black Friday game, U S mm. versus England. Uh, I mean, what, what a way to celebrate the holiday weekend. We already get Michigan and Ohio state. And I think the chiefs are playing the box. I mean, that's uh that's going to be a terrific way for a black Friday to get uh, those two powers together.
3: That's going to be a long day for me. could be a really long day for me if results gonna go my way, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, now as soon as those groups came out, um, <laughs> obviously it's not fixed. But you have to look at it and like, man, US England in the same group again. Um, just seems to keep happening, doesn't it? Um, after what, what was it, twenty? Oh, like twenty ten. Uh, England, US from the same group as well. The Rob Riing incidents. But yeah, no, that's gonna be a fun Friday. And I'm curious what you think that that game gonna end up like, Tyler.
0: Oh man uh, you know, I I would obviously give the edge towards England, uh, but I I wouldn't pass, put it past this U S team to, you know, find a way to come up with a draw or something, you know, if if they could do that. Uh, I know we hate ties in this country, but I, I think that would, that would send a message of sorts. You know, it would, if, if England comes out of that game in a draw, I would I would think, Sean, that would feel like for England a, a, almost like a loss at some point. That's a game I think they feel like they should win.
3: Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I'm i feel I'm sure England feels like they should win every game in that group, right. well, like yeah. USA, <laughs> Wales, and Iran. But, um, you know, I mean, USA will be tough. And let's not forget we're talking about uh, an England team that just lost 4-0 to Hungary. Uh, so I'm not going to get on my high horse too much. Uh, but you know, I, I don't want to call that hungry game a meaningless game, but it's 4-0. So and it didn't look good England in its most recent international break. Um one goal scores and it was a penalty against Germany. Uh well the US, you know, I mean they just has got one one draw of El Salvador too, so I guess I shouldn't really judge off recent games. But now I think I think that's gonna be a lot closer game than people realise, to be honest, especially with how Gareth Southgate plays with England's. Uh, compared to Greg Berhalter with the U.S. We're talking about two pretty different styles. I'm not saying Berhalter's the most attacking coach, uh, but he's at least happy to give his guys like Pulisic and Reiner and Ferreira. Now he's in the mix to to get forward and attack. And Southgate, not so much. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think so. Um, Tell me this, Sean. uh, How good is this this U.S. team? Uh, I, I know, you know, the the U.S. men's soccer. It's been such a roller coaster over the last few years. How does this team compare uh, to what what it's been as of late?
3: Well, I mean, it's young. It's young, Tyler. Um, I think it's the second, predicted to be the second youngest team of the World Cup once rosters are finalized. I mean, it's it's an average age of like 24.2 or something silly. That's why I think 2026 could be huge. You know, it's at home. The team will be older. But I mean, even then, you've, got some great players and I, I get the whole idea that like MLS is growing, and I'm sure we'll chat about MLS in a little bit uh, there's some great players on that team who are playing in the MLS but at the end of the day you've got these superstars now playing for Europe's at least right you've got McKinney, Brendan Brennan you know pure and Rainier who I mentioned Timothy Weir uh, these are all guys who they're competing at the top top level at a young age um, so yeah I I I think the U.S., you know, for 2022, a quarterfinal is, you know, I think that could be maybe expected. You know, if you run into a Germany or a France or someone in uh, the round of 16, it's kind of a tough luck, right? But right. end of the day, this is a team that could be one of the final teams and pass then. You're just uh, playing with house money, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, how good... Uh- Christian Pulisic, uh this kid, uh, the new face of uh, U.S. soccer. How, how how good is he going to be?
3: Captain America is uh, he hates to be called. I think if you ever saw that uh, oh, yeah. GQ magazine interview, hates it, but we're going to call him it anyway. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, he's kind of struggled at Chelsea for the last couple of years just for playing time. But when he gets his playing time, he's one of the most effective attack managers, you know, forwards on that Chelsea team. That's a Chelsea team who. They won the Champions League last year. They, you know, consistently top four in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, he's a game changer. You know, I think, and I think we'll see him excel. A lot of people kind of give him crap when he's playing these CONCACAF teams. You know, the likes of yeah, Guatemala and El Salvador and Costa Rica and whatnot. Just like, such a such a different style of play over here. And being you know how good P. O. Six is, and now kick his ankles, and kick his shins, uh, but. In, you know, actually that's actually how it is over here. And I think in Europe this might be a Europe elitism. Uh, but I think that's a little less of a case. And I think Pulisic has a little bit more room and time to play. So when when it comes to the World Cup and he's playing against those top players, and you know, they're they're a bit more willing to just defend him and stop him opposed to kick his ankles and his shins. Um, I think we could you could have a couple of special moments this come to the World Cup for sure. And it's his first World Cup as well.
0: Yes, Sean Goodwin joining us uh, here on the Jones Report this week. Uh, you know, l- looking ahead to this World Cup too. In, in you know, you and I are both big college basketball fans, and in, in particular of our uh, running national champion Jayhawks. And I, I was thinking about this in, in this World Cup in college basketball terms. Uh, who has the best chance of being the the Saint Peters of sorts of this this World Cup? Who's a team that's off the radar that? could make a, a big run, you think, potentially. Who's got that best chance to be the, the St. Peters of this World Cup?
3: I mean, I guess if we're not talking about a complete outsider, you know, you have to think of, like, Denmark. I mean, Denmark went for the Euros as well. It took an England team beating them in the semi-finals of the Euros. Uh, but, you know, you look at their roster, and obviously Christian Pulisic, who I don't think he'll be on the roster because of his heart conditions. But, I mean, Kasper Schmeichel and goal, Damsgaard. Casper um, Dolberg you know we've got a lot of good players Yusuf Poulsen just kind of running off my head but you know if you're looking at a team that you know I mean they've won trophies before Denmark has won a European Championship back in the 90s um, but I was going 90s not 2022 but you know I think, uh, I think Denmark's a great little team Um yeah they could definitely make a run I think Uruguay. Gave uh, have also got great chances. You've got Yelza Statesman of Ezzensson Cavani and Suarez, of course. You've got um, Darwin Nunez, who just joined my beloved Liverpool. So, yeah, just off the top of my head, I'd say those two are definitely some outliers who, you know, I guess if you want to say it, I think the same peaks being a Saudi Arabia or a Costa Rica, I'm sure. But, yeah, back that's to, back to my two.
0: Uh, let me ask you about the uh, the MLS uh, season. Uh, it seems like that, uh, you know, on the eastern sides, the two New York teams and then the west, uh, L.A. and Real Salt Lake kind of leading the way there. What, what do you make of how things have gone in the MLS season so far?
3: Yeah, um, I think right now, NYCFC, you know, they're top of the east with two games in hand um, over like the Red Bulls. And, you know, they, they have just lost their head coach, Ronnie Dylek. Uh, you know he's heading off to europe and the team he's going to is slipping my mind um but you know you've got a team after uh, in the semi-finals of us open cup um the top of the east they've just won mls cup so they've got all and momentum on the sides but they've just lost their head coach so i guess we'll see we'll see where that goes and yeah i'll the west a lot closer of course and you know, you mentioned LAFC in Salt Lake. I have to give a little bit of credit to Austin, too. You know, they're just in their uh, second season now um, under Josh Wolf, former sporting KC man, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, they right behind and chasing the pack. They can overtake Austin with a game in hand, and they have a great little team down in Austin, too. So, as always, MLS, incredibly difficult to predict. We'll get to the playoffs and, you know, New York or losing the first round or something. But, Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the MLS, uh, for sure. Uh, you know, difficult to predict, and uh, I, I've been amazed. You, know, you mentioned like Austin. You know, we've seen them have good crowds, or or, or, or some of these other new teams. Like the the, the MLS, uh, the the fan bases. You know, in in a league that's expanding more than any professional sport in the U.S. right now, um, the fan support's been there. It seems for these expansion teams like Austin.
3: Yeah, um, I was going to say before, people shout at me. Uh, New York City are not in US Open Cup semi-final because they lost these Red Bulls today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, still momentum behind the sides. But yeah, to answer that question as well, Tyler, I think you've seen some great expansion teams come in. Um, you know, Austin, of course, LAFC a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago. I mean, heck, look at Nashville. They just got a brand new stadium and they uh, have great support out there. And I think that just, that shows the growth of the game, you know? I think you've seen teams way back in the past where it, it's taking a little bit of time to pick up some steam. And obviously results on the field matter. Um, Orlando, it was tough in the early years. Into Miami, it's still a little bit tough. Uh, Cincy, you know, they had great support in the USL. And tough start for them but they're picking it back up but now it's I think the fans are there and I think something about soccer fans as well and not you know not knocking any fans of any other sports but I feel like soccer fans in US if they're into it they're incredibly proud to be into it because it is I don't want to call it a niche sport anymore but it's definitely the most popular sport so if the folk who get into soccer they're really into it and it's only grown
0: yeah yeah I think it has I uh, think you're right uh about that uh so so now you know as we we go about these uh the next few months here what's uh what's kind of the calendar the the lead up to the world cup look like uh of these the, these next few months so obviously these teams are still finishing up their club seasons but uh what what do the next few months look like leading up to the uh the world cup in qatar uh sean
3: yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one. You know, over here in the US, these teams for MLS are finishing their season a little bit earlier. Uh, so you know, all the players will be released in time for the World Cup, which that's nice for the MLS teams. That shouldn't be a huge issue. Uh, they do have one more international break in September, uh, which, you know, is it going to be a good game, ultimately awesome Also, probably decides, you know, what kind of bubble players getting to the World Cup squads you're always going to be regulars, but like for US national team, you know, you're talking about yeah, Sebastian Lepiat and um, Kellen Acosta and those kinds of guys who, a little bit on the bubble, you know, it's going to be big windows for them. On the European side, it's going, to be, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a mess because they have to just take a break through December. So, yeah, you know, those European leagues, they start in August, they'll play as much as they can up through December and I mean, most teams, most of our players will be gone for the, game, slash, for the World Cup and off they go and we just sit around and wait for a winter World Cup, which I'm a little bit angry about because I should have my World Cup this summer. That's what makes right. me feel. Be yeah. warm weather, soccer all day. It's been stolen from me.
0: Right. And you got to compete with the NFL now. Uh, yeah. At the of year. Great. Gee, thanks. A uh, couple more things, Sean, then we'll uh, let you run here. Um. One thing too that that catches my mind, uh, you know, the U.S. women's team just negotiated got you know the the equal pay, but it's based on this CBA. Could you see the the next CBA with the U.S. men's team? Are they going to be okay with how things are, are, are shaped up? Do you think do you think that equal pay is here to stay, or are the men still going to try to take more of the cut in the next CBA? You think?
3: Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's ultimately a tough question, isn't it? It's Obviously a CBA just came into effect and equal pay is great. You know, obviously these women, they, they weren't being paid near enough, near enough as to what they deserve to be paid, both uh, US Women's National Team and heck, even going down to the NWSL, which I covered for a year and still follow. Um, that's the next one, I mean, you, there's no point sitting here and denying right? that the men's side makes infinitely more money whether they get knocked out in the group stage opposed to the women winning the World Cup. But you know, that's, that's not the fault of the women, right? That's just how uh, the money and the deals are made around the game. Hopefully, as the women's game keeps growing, that becomes less of an issue. Uh, as for whether the players have... Whether the men's team will want a bigger cut... I mean, I'd like to say everyone's entitled to what they right, Tyler? But just uh, the contracts they make with their club teams, astronomical. I mean, hell. Um, why am I forgetting her name right now? Um, Trinity Logman, she just signed her first $1 million contract for a women's player in the NWSL. That's $1 million. These men's players are making so much more money right now. So you'd like to think that They'd at least be happy with what they're making year after club teams, that the money they make from U.S. soccer is uh, a little less of an issue.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Last thing, uh, Qatar, uh, they're banning having sacks if you are (laughs) not married. Uh, Sean, is this a deal breaker? Would you not go to Qatar for the World Cup then?
3: I'm um, I'm a sensible man, but I think Jack Grealish might be in trouble. That's all I'll say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. Uh they're also banning uh you can't watch porn over there either. Uh you know, that's one of the rules. Uh, yeah. Uh, so no, I can't go now. I can't can go now. Over there for some. You know? yeah. <laughs> John, uh, where can people find you and uh see the great work you're doing, whether it's covering things in Idaho or still talking soccer and all that, where can uh people find you, man?
3: Yeah, so um Sean Goodwin S-H-A-U-N Goldwing I-D as in Idaho uh, that's my Twitter handle and uh, yeah that's kind of where most of my work goes of course and it's basically a mix between my professional work and uh, a whole lot of sports talk still in fact most of my Twitter interactions are still soccer related to be honest so yeah and then of course just IdahoStakesman.com uh, if you're interested in Idaho news for whatever reason uh, I will appreciate your page views <laughs>
0: Just here for the page views. That's all it is. Sean, <laughs> uh, appreciate you joining us, my friend. Been too long. We will uh, chat again, I'm sure, down the line. Uh, glad that you were a part of the Summer Jones that we got you in. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for joining us, Matt.
3: Joe, thank you, Seth.
0: Time for Coach Bowes' Football Fix, presented by O'Connor Advisory Group. You can find O'Connor Advisory Group online. OAGKS.com, O'Connor Advisory Group.com. You can also reach out to Bo by phone at 785 856 0720. That's 856 0720. The an appointment today. You can also reach out to Bo by email, brian.o'Connor at lpl.com. That's brian with a Y dot o'connor at lpl.com. He is also the host of the Coach Bo Knows podcast out each and every Monday and Friday on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And he joins us right now. Bo, good to hear from you. We were off last week, but good to be back. And appreciate you joining us. How are we
2: doing? I'm doing good. How are you today, man?
0: I'm very well. I'm very well. How are things at OAG in the summer months here?
2: It's uh, it's going well. We're getting ready. we've got a little bit of a short week because we had the holiday on Monday, and then I'm getting ready to go out of town for the weekend. So I'm going to be taking off early Friday. But uh, it's been uh, it's going well. We're helping folks out and getting. Getting them squared away, you know, this time of year, this is a weird time with the investment, with the, the investment world and the market, just everything it's doing. And we've been, you know, holding people's hands and letting them know it's okay and making sure that they know that we're here for them. That's I think that's so important with, um, with advisors today. There's so many advisors who aren't, who are avoiding clients right now. Me, we're, we're being proactive over here. So
0: That's great. We want to be your partner at O'Connor Advisor Group, O'Connor scom O'ConnorAdvisorGroup.com is the website where you can find Bo for more information there. So, Bo, let's get started with Gronk, first off, the news that we find out that he's retiring for the second time in his career. Tom Brady is coming back, and we know that he came to Tampa out of retirement to play with Tom Brady. Um, there's still been reports out there since retirement that he still could end up playing with Tom Brady at some point this year. And there's also the idea that he could be going back to Fox and working with them again. So I'll ask you this, Bo: is it legit this time? Have we seen Gronk for the very last time on a football field? Or do you think he's got one more run left in him still?
2: I, I wouldn't be surprised if he came back you know, the, you know, breaking, break break glass in case of an emergency kind of thing. But I I tend to think this time around is a little more serious. He's a little more of, it's not just him trying to get away from Belichick. I think this is more of a, okay, I'm ready to move on to the next part of my life. But I, I would not be surprised week eight, that phone call goes out from Brady saying, Hey, I need you. And he answers the phone, but We'll see. I, I don't see him going to training camp. Right. Yeah.
0: And that's what happens a lot of times is these guys don't want to do the gauntlet of training camp again and just show up down the line. With that being said, uh, as things stand right now, when you look at that Bucks roster, are they okay without Gronk? I know that he played good the last couple of years. He wasn't the Gronk we saw in New England, but he was still, uh, you know, a, a very good football player.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's been very good. He was not the polar bear. I mean, he was just like a like a trained polar bear when he was in, in New England. But he's still very good. I think the Bucks will be fine without him. Um, I don't think it's a huge loss. It'll definitely hurt them in the red zone. But the team needs to get a little younger too. And, you know, someone like Gronk is someone who you're not going to get just a load of plays out of him you're not going to get 40 50 plays a game out of him. you're going to get 10 20 if he does come back and that's about all you need so there'll be other situations for them at tight end and they've got a couple of good ones they'll be they'll be okay
0: yeah I mean uh Cameron Bright seems like he's uh he's really come along for them uh as uh as a really good tight end and you know I think he was viewed initially as kind of a blocking tight end but he's turned into a really good receiver.
2: Yeah, I 100% agree and I think Cameron Bates a real good example of what uh, you can do if you're given the opportunity. I think he's going to fit the offense a little more than than what Gronkowski's going to be. So I I wouldn't rule it out still but I kind of I kind of think this is probably going to be it.
0: Uh, that Bucks offense, I know that the uh, NFC as a whole is kind of down, but you, you look at what they're going to throw out there this next year with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, You're bringing in Russell Gage, Leonard Fournette is still there. Um, you know, th- those pieces, it, it feels like it's, it's one last ride of sorts here for, for Tom Brady and Tampa Bay that, that they still could put up a lot of points this year. Do you, you agree here? You-
2: yeah, I do. I think that, you know, if you look, the Bucks got spotty at times offensively last year. They'll still be, if not the division winners, I mean, they're certainly the favorites in the South. Um, I think by a long way, they're the favorites. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with their defense. Their defense is just really good. It's at the top five defense, in my view. Offensively, you still have Mike Evans. You still have run over Chris Goodwin, Russell Gage, um, you know, they've got guys and then you have Brady. And then honestly, I'm, I'm a Leonard Fournette guy. He's not a guy who's going to rush for 300 rushes any season now, but if you need a game where you need to run the football. He's a guy who can get you there. And I, I think they're going to be fine. I, I think they're still going to win the South.
0: The uh, Cleveland Browns, uh, Roger Goodell testified in front of Congress on Wednesday, and and uh, there was some Deshaun Watson questions that came up, and that investigation still ongoing. Um, you know the what, what what's interesting to me is the NFL says that they've come close to their decision that you know everything's kind of wrapped up that we were are awaiting the decision at this point, but there's new allegations and. <laughs> We've seen some lawsuits settled and such. Um, What do you make of all this, Bo? I mean, uh, is the NFL rushing through this too quick? Should they wait and see what happens with these other uh, lawsuits? Or is it one of those deals where you put the suspension for the evidence you have now and maybe add on to it later?
2: I, I would just add on to it later. You got, what's the difference between 24 and 26? or 22 and 24, I'm sorry, 22 and 24 of these lawsuits. They should have already made this decision. Um, I have said, I don't know if it was here, if it was on my podcast, where I said, I think Deshaun Watson should get two years. I think two years without pay. Um, the reason I think it's important to structure it for more than one year, I think he's only going to get one season, is because of how he structured that contract where he's basically out like a little over a million bucks if he misses the entire 2022 season. I just think you got to hit him where it counts. And that's in the paycheck. And I would suspend him for 2022, 2023. Does that hurt the Cleveland organization? Yes. But they didn't do their due diligence in making this deal. And so I would argue that the Browns should be penalized as well. And we had evidence a couple of weeks ago, that the Texans were complicit in some of these things with giving Watson you know, some uh, hotel rooms and uh, providing a place that some of these, these things happened, and helping him get NDA agreements with some other uh, therapists. We don't know if those are ones who are suing him now or if it's other ones. So I'm also of the opinion that the Texans should face a fine, and I think that the Texans should be fined and lose the compensation they got from the Browns. I don't think it should be returned to the Browns. I think that the Texans should lose those picks.
0: Do you uh, do you see that happening?
2: I don't. I mean, I, I don't. Look, Roger Goodell and his committee that helps him with enforcement, I they work for the owners. He's not going to penalize one of these owners and hurt these guys in the pocketbook, because he works for them. He works at their leisure. And if they wanted to get rid of him, they could very easily. So, no, I I think in the end, Watson's going to get a season. I don't think the Browns are going to get any kind of slap on the wrist. I don't think the Texans are going to get a slap on the wrist. And I think that a lot of this that we're seeing in, in Congress, you know, it's why we haven't seen anybody from Cleveland uh, or not from Cleo, I'm sorry, we haven't seen anybody from the commander. So, in that case, we haven't seen Daniel Snyder yet in front of that committee because the one person who can hold everybody accountable is the commissioner. And he just refuses to do so, right? He's not empowered to do so, and he knows his job is on the line if he does so. If, he, if Roger Goodell gave a two year suspension to Deshaun to Watson, took away those that compensation to the Texans, that's two owners right there who would fight to. To fire him, mm-hmm. He's not going to go for that.
0: Now it is interesting. There is a different development with this Deshaun Watson suspension than what the precedent is in the new CBA. This is the first time that we're ever going to see this where in a personal conduct case, there is a former U S district judge that will be handing down the penalty to Deshaun Watson as opposed to what we've seen traditionally speaking with the commissioner of the NFL, Roger Goodell, uh, and others doing this. And so with that being said, with him passing things off and the reports have been, the NFL is essentially going to go before this former district judge as if it's like a court case and they are going to advocate for Watson to be suspended at least a year. With that said, you know, I'll wait and see what the end result is, Bo. But I already like the idea of taking the power out of Goodell's hands because his track record for these personal conduct situations, the the, the penalties he's given out, has been so inconsistent and yes. just just so ridiculous. I mean, he, he deserved to lose that power.
2: Yeah, and I, a lot of it is, again, he, he's the one that the answers for Roger Goodell's entire job is to be the lightning rod, be the guy that the press yells at or takes up with, non-popular opinions involving the owners. He's a shield for the owners. And, you know, they have this new rule. I also understand that there could be something in Deshaun Watson's contract, some language now that because of the two new allegations, his contract may be voidable. You know, so I wonder what will happen there. I, I think the important part is that there must be a strong, strong penalty and everybody involved needs to get a piece of that penalty.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Bottom line.
0: I think you're right about that. Uh, staying in Cleveland, Baker Mayfield uh, reports coming out on Wednesday night from Josina Anderson to CBS sports that, The Seahawks are closing in on a deal for Mayfield, which would include them uh, giving Mayfield an extension as well. Bo, uh, if this comes to fruition, what a turn of events. Not only Baker Mayfield potentially moving on and finding a new home, somebody that wants him, but somebody that wants him long-term. We weren't talking about the idea of Baker Mayfield getting an extension. Everyone was talking about that being a rental. If he gets a yeah. new contract out of this, uh, that's a huge win for him, I would think.
2: I would think it would be a huge win for him in your words as well. Um, I, yeah, I think that most people thought that he were he was someone who would be uh, a rental, you know, like you, you were saying, you know, kind of a one year and prove it situation. But I really think that what's going to happen now is if this happens and Seattle gives him an extension, then uh, you know. I mean, obviously, he'll be their franchise guy, and they like what they see. Um, I've never been a big Baker guy, you know that, but I can see, I mean, he's better. You know, you know, you and I have always had the Ryan Tannehill rule. Yeah. And he passes the Ryan Tannehill rule. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll see. I, I want to see what happens if it does happen first. And, and interested to see that Cleveland would get anything back in a deal for Baker Mayfield, what they would get. Do we know that part?
0: uh, That's still uh, to be worked out. It sounds like Cleveland is willing to take 9 to $10 million of his contract this year um, is what the speculation has been. But the other thing I I wonder in all this too, as far as the, you know, this extension talk goes. um, You know, you're not going to get Baker Mayfield uh any cheaper now. But then at the same time, too, you know, I'm I love that the that Seattle shows this confidence in him, but at the same time, Bo, if if he has a great year, do you think that his numbers would shoot up that significantly? Where they, if they wanted to keep it, they'd have to pay him that much more. I wonder if They are making the right move in their best interest if they're going to go ahead and extend him right now. If if you're Seattle and you believe in Baker, does it make sense to go ahead and extend him now? Or does it make more sense to go ahead and let him prove it, but it could potentially cost you a lot more too.
2: Well, I think it, I mean, that's the way you look at it is that if, if you can get him now and get him paid, you know, that's the thing. It's best case scenario. But if you, if you're wrong, I mean, I wonder if the contract will be, you know, incentivized or have some, you know, maybe some voidable stuff on there. I don't know. I I, see what you're saying. There's a lot to it. A lot that can happen with all this. I, I want to see how it's going to go when I see the deal is done.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, in regards to uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, He's still being shopped around. There's been talk that he could actually end up in uh, Cleveland for this year, uh, you know, and play out that uh, year he has remaining on his contract. If the Niners cut him before week one, it only counts a million dollars in dead money, but he is going to be paid no matter what uh, this year from, from somebody, um, you know, if he is traded 25 to $26 million. So, with that said, Bo, whether it's Cleveland or somebody else, do you see Jimmy G getting dealt anytime soon?
2: Um, I think if if we see if we see the whole thing of Baker moves to Seattle and Watson suspended a full season, then yeah, I can see Garoppolo going to Cleveland. Um, I really thought we were going to see Garoppolo in Seattle. I think that was kind of a to me that felt like a match, but. I see where they're going with Baker as well. I am looking. You're right on. I mean, he, they can cut him and, let's see, it's pre-June 1, post-June, same number. Yeah, they cut him, pay him $1.4 million and they save 25 on the salary cap. So, yeah, if you're not going to get anything big for him, which you're not, you might as well go ahead and make the cut. Save $25 million on the salary cap. Use that money to... Lock up and maybe put some of that money toward Debo Samuels Samuel's, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, you good. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. The next few weeks, between now and training camp, will be interesting to see if we get a couple of deals done. The quarterbacks, will Debo get signed? Stuff like that, right,
0: yeah. right. Um, now, I, I want to ask you too uh, on. Uh, you know, some, uh, some very sad news uh, on the NFL front that we found out on Wednesday, uh, the passing of Jalen Ferguson, known as sack daddy. He was, yeah he was expected to have a big year for, for the Ravens. And, and uh, I mean, you know, we, we, we can talk about the football side, you know, down the line or whatever, but uh, that that was that was somebody that everything I've heard, just all these tributes the last couple of days, seemed to be a, a really good teammate and really good guy, family man, 26. I mean, just going way too soon.
2: 26. I mean, that's just way too young. And everything I have seen is the same thing. I mean, just nothing but positives about the young man. So my heart just bleeds for that. I mean – 26 year old guy. I mean, just going and, and from what I understand, getting in the best shape of his career and the people talking about, he's going to be someone really needed by the Ravens this year. And, and it's not sad because of the football. It's sad because of the young man. And right. I just, man, I just, my heart bleeds for the young man. And I just, um, my, my prayers are with him and his family. I just, anybody that's close to him and it's just a sad, sad gig all around. I and mean, he, that's just, it, there's never a good time. And, and there's, I can't really say anything that's, that's going to make anybody feel any better, but a 26 year old man passing away. It's just one of those, you know, rest in peace and your know, thoughts and prayers. I feel awful for the young man.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, you know, leaving, you know, a family behind, you know, he was Damn. father and husband and, yeah. and everything and, and he was somebody that you know the, the Ravens had picked pretty high; they were pretty excited yeah. about, but dealt with some injuries and yeah. wasn't wasn't was quite you know you know to what they wanted yet. But all the things we yeah. he heard in, in minicamp and OTAs, and that he'd lost weight, he'd put in the work. Yeah, um, set the NCAA record for sacks. I really do think that Jalen Ferguson was was going to be due for a breakout year.
2: I think he may be right. I mean, everything I heard was that he was in like the best shape of his career. He had lost a bunch of weight. He had, you know, really kind of recommitted himself after some injuries to, you know, and he plays a position and it's hard because you're a big man too. It just my heart goes out and bleeds for it. it it's terrible.
0: Yeah. Um, and then another passing of another former Raven, uh, Tony Siragusa, also Tani the. Longtime commentator on the NFL on Fox as well. He passes away, dies at age 55. Uh, Bo uh, Goose, I mean, he, he was highly entertaining. I, I loved watching yeah. him on Fox. Uh, another guy gone too young, too.
2: Yeah, this is a guy who, when he was a player, was a really – I mean, people don't realize how great a player he was. He was fantastic. Big as a Coke machine. I mean, just a humongous human being. And had that crazy personality. He was great for what he did when he was on Fox, kind of being the sideline guy who was actually, you know, in the end zones, kind of, you know, looking at the game a little different, more of the trench kind of stuff. Huge personality. Um, I think it speaks to what we've got as a problem in the NFL and really in football of these oversized guys who, you know, they – you know, they, they plays they're so big and they they put on so much weight during their career that when their career is over it's so hard to go in and lose the weight to do it like um, to do it like a Jeff Saturday has done or Joe Thomas you know that's what we need to see and help these guys with and Tony Saragusa was always just that big jovial guy and yeah. you know you just know that you it's gonna be a short run when you when you're that big, you know, I'm not a, I'm a big guy too. And I'm in my forties now. And I think about that. And, um, it's sad 55 is young. Mm-hmm. That really, That's a lot of tread left with tires. Yeah. And I, I'm, man, I was always a big fan of the goose.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, on the, uh, agent front, the Steelers end up bringing in, uh, Larry Ogan Joby, um, Bo, I really like Jovi. I can't believe it took this long. I know that he uh, he was close to a deal earlier in the offseason but failed his physical. But he's been somebody that's been really good, was a big part of the Bengals' Super Bowl run last year, was just kind of underappreciated
2: a bit. Yeah, the Bengals have got, you know, they're working on some things and doing some stuff that it makes it hard. And now he's available and stays in the division and goes to the Steelers. We see that so often now, especially defensive linemen. You see players who have they've been in the divisions. You've got some familiarity with them, and you go, boy, they would look good in our uniform. And, and the Steelers, they've done that with, with Okudobi and bringing him over from the Bengals. The Bengals, you know, last year we got Trey Hendrickson. You know, they're working on, they've also hit the draft. They're uh, both line, offensive and defensive line. So it's, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised he was taking so long, but it's a good spot for him. It's a good spot.
0: Yeah, I think so. And, you know, the, the Steelers, um, you know, you, you look at that team and they're rebuilding the offense, you know, new, new quarterback and Kenny Pickett and, you know, moving on from Juju and a couple other guys, you know, their offense needs some work, uh, but the defense there, the Steeler defense has been really good the last couple of years with Mika Fitzpatrick and, and some of the other guys on, on that squad. You had Larry, Larry Ogunjobi here. The Steelers are going to have one of the better defenses in the league, Bob.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's going to be some defenses. I was taking a look at that on my pod last week. I said something about a couple of defenses. It'll be interesting to see. And then you, know, you have TJ Watt there, you know, front of that defense It always works great when you've got some defensive pressure up front. So your defense always looks a little bit better when someone's getting to the quarterback. Um, Yeah, I mean, the Steelers are going to build that thing defensively, and they kind of have to. And I don't think that 2022 is sort of a – I don't think it's a full-on punt for those Steelers, but I don't think they think they're going to be Super Bowl bound. You know, I think their thought is, okay, let's be competitive in the division. Let's see what happens couple things bounce your way. Maybe you'll be there.
0: Right. Well, and even with the things that the Browns are going through right now, I mean, it's still going to be a tough division. The Bengals are coming off a Super Bowl run. The Ravens are going to be much better than they were last year. The Browns, I mean, they can still win games, even if Jacoby Bursett is their starter here. I mean, everybody's talking about how great the AFC West and the NFC West is,
2: but the AFC North is going to be hella tough. Yeah, the AFC North is going, going to be a bear. I mean, you look at what all has happened. You've got Lamar Jackson healthy and playing for a contract with the Ravens. you got Joe Burrow and everything the Bengals have done to get better. The Steelers, I think losing Roethlisberger is addition by subtraction. Um, I don't think they're going to be totally ready at quarterback, but they'll be good. And well, then and to
0: add to that, okay, let, let's yeah. say for all intensive purposes, whether it's Trubisky or Pickett, if and Big Ben did not play great the last couple of years, but let's just say that they are either one of them aren't, aren't as good as Big Ben for whatever reason, yeah. Okay, that might be true, but you're not spending 35 40 million
2: dollars on that's those two guys, right.
0: that's the difference here.
2: That is the difference, and you're right. And you probably aren't going to get the play that you got from Rappelsberger in Spurs. In Spurs, he still he was still Ben Rappelsberger.
0: He still um, had a few but, moments here.
2: Yeah, it's just the thing is, is that you can't pay that position that much if you're not getting top level production. And that's what I mean. What I actually mean about the addition by the subtraction, it isn't just the player. It's and you may not have upgraded the player, but you have upgraded the salary cap situation, and now it makes you a player for a free agent. Maybe you go in the draft next year. If you like Kenny Pickett, you didn't draft him in the first round, so you're not paying him a whole lot. It, it's they've got they got options, and it was a pretty a pretty smart move in my view. But what the Steelers have done,
0: yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I like what the Steelers have. Going forward, uh, as a, as a franchise, it'll be a lot of fun to see what they uh, put together. Both Steelers, Steelers, Steelers
2: only have two players whose cap number this year is over ten million dollars. Yeah, TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward. I mean, that's, the guys that deserve that money. Yeah, and, and the nice thing about that is that it gives you flexibility. It, it gives you time to take a look at your team and say, who do we like moving forward? there's no expectations.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and that's what's hard about rebuilding is trying to rebuild while still having expectations. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a very good point there. Bo, uh, before we get to our uh, draft this week, tell us uh, what's on the uh, Coach Bo Knows podcast uh, this week. Uh, I know that uh, you've been talking a lot of uh, wrestling here.
2: Well, we had to do that because we've got uh, – so we've got this past Monday, Monday's podcast was a AEW Forbidden Door preview which um, we're going to be actually attending, uh, the pay-per-view up in Chicago, myself and my son. Uh, Friday's um, podcast is going to be me doing some different stuff. I think Coach, I think Uncle Rico is going to come in for a little bit. And you'll like this, Tyler. P. Money is making his Coach Bono's podcast debut on Friday.
0: Okay, let's rock. We're going
2: to talk all sports. I'm going to let the savant come in here and talk for a little bit. So for those who don't know, that's my son, he's 20 years old and he is like the ultimate sports nerd. And so he's excited. This is what he wanted to do for his birthday. He wanted to go to AEW forbidden doors. So we're going to do that. Monday next week, we're going to do a review where he and I are going to review the event. Um, Ellen won't be on the podcast this week. She's doing some traveling. So uh, she'll be no, no token girl this week, but uh so Uncle Rico is going to come in for a couple a couple portions of it, and and P Money, the legend, will be in there. So it'll be fun. It'll be a fun show on Friday.
0: Only your kid would want to go to AEW for their birthday.
2: Hey, it was a, it was a whole ordeal too. He was like, "What do you want to do for your birthday?" And he was, and his birthday was about ten days ago. And he was like, "Dad, I'd really like to go to this thing." And I was like. All right, I'll make it happen. Mom's not going. It's just the boys. We're going to go to Chicago for the weekend. And uh, it'll be fun. If nothing else, I'm not going to enjoy the show as much as he will. But if nothing else, it'll be some good father-son time. So, you know, when you get to get your kid gets into his 20s now, 20 years old, you don't get a lot of father-son time. Right. So.
0: Yeah, that's great. Uh, Bo, we will uh, get to our draft uh, this week. We are uh, going to draft beer. Um, each of us gets six picks. Uh, before we get, get into the picks and, and all that, we, we got to give a moment uh, to just talk about the topic. Uh, I am a consumer of beer. Uh, I, I like to drink it socially, try not to drink it too much during the week because I don't want to add on too much weight. But, uh, Bo, I, I got to tell you, I, I think the best moment here, – here's a question for you. When is the best time to crack open a beer? I think it's when you've been, like, mowing the yard and you get done and you go sit in the outdoor furniture, crack open that cold beer. That's the best feeling right there. To me, that's the best moment to enjoy your cold beer. In Bo's world, what's the best moment he's enjoying this cold beer?
2: Uh, that's a really good one. It's a great example. Um, I will tell you my favorite is I've had you know that um, after, a, after coaching a football game and you get home and you've done the interviews and you've talked to the team and everything else and you're just by yourself and there's no noise and no one's around. I used to either sit on my back deck or I had a spot in the house I'd sit at and just take some time for me and crack a cold one open. I have been a beer drinker for more than half my life um, now. And uh, I don't drink as much as I used to. I used to get after it, you know, as a young man. As an older man, not as much, but I still enjoy a cold beer. I am a little bit of a snob in that I do like cold beer. I don't do a lot of these warmer type of beers. No,
0: oh, no, no, no. You can't have a beer.
2: I've tried. I've tried to like some of these other things as well, and I just haven't gotten there. And so, I, as long as it's ice cold, I'm, I'm in.
0: Yeah. Now I'll say this. Uh, I, I'm with you there, but I would also add to it that um, I'm not a snob when it comes to comes to beer. I mean, it all depends on the setting. Like, I am not too good to. You know, if I'm around my buddies at a party and we're drinking Bush Light or Bud Light, whatever, like I'm not a, I'm not above that.
2: You know, that's not. Oh, no, me. I'm not either.
0: I enjoy all. the nice, fancy, you know, beers, but I am not above drinking a Bush Light on a Saturday night, you know, in the backyard. You know I mean? Like, I, I think you can enjoy both.
2: Yeah, I am definitely not someone who says, hey, I'm not going to drink a Bush Light or "Hey, I actually kind of like Bush Light um you know or pbr or something like that hey man that's good beer when you you know you're with your buddies you're hanging out you're gonna slam a few back if you're gonna slam a few back you don't want to have an ipa right you know and i don't do these coffee beers and shit like that i don't do a lot of those. you know i got what i like and i like what i like and i'm i'm yeah
0: Okay, so we're we're very much on the same page. I would bet that our draft results just by us setting up the scene are going to be pretty similar.
2: I I would bet so. I mean, I do like – I tell you what I do like. It's really underrated. I think I like German beers. Okay. I can – like, if I was in Germany, I could throw back some of them big-ass mugs of beer. I can do a lot of that. Um, You know, those I do like. It goes back to when I used to hang out with my pops. Uh, Once a year I have a Guinness, only once – then St. say Patrick's day, but only one. That's it. I'm done. Um, yeah. I, but I, I'm mostly just a, I'm not a craft beer guy at all. A lot of that is lost on me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's, uh, that's understandable. Um, so with that said, uh, Bo, I'll give you the choice. Do you want the first pick or do you want the back-to-back?
2: Uh, the back-to-back.
0: Okay. All right, then. So that's no
2: Tom here for this one.
0: Tom's gonna be jealous that we uh we made this did this travel without him. Um he uh he probably drinks more beer than anybody I know. But here, here's the thing, though. This is probably good why we left Thomas out on this one. Tom is a beer snob, yes. Um he uh you have to have him in a very specific setting to get him to drink cheap beer. Um, otherwise he is uh he's gonna spend decent amount of money on that so you know this is the this this is the common man for the common man you know, we'll, we'll the common
2: to, man if you will We'll uh, uh
0: we'll probably we'll have a mix up i'm sure some fancy and some casual beers in this but yeah. this would be for everybody uh that, that everybody can enjoy so with the first pick i'm gonna go with my favorite beer um, I enjoyed it uh in Omaha actually this past weekend because I can't get it down here on tap, only in bottles. Um, but they had it in Omaha on tap, made a difference. I took that down, drank it so quick. Um, it wasn't even funny. Uh, my first pick is gonna go with Boulevard Wheats, my favorite beer. And man, you, you put that that lemon or the orange, either one with it. I mean and i can ch- i can i can either sip it slow and enjoy it or i can chug it and enjoy it too i mean and it's great in every setting i can have it at a party i can have it at dinner uh i mean boulevard wheat just wins everywhere and it's still good in the bottle still good in the can but it's best untapped just like most beers are but boulevard wheat has never done me wrong and Bo, fun facts. When uh, I was a minor, uh, I'm not encouraging this. Just for the record, the first beer I ever had was a Boulevard Week.
2: Um, what's good you pick Boulevard Week is it would not have gotten back to you. It would have been in my first two picks. <laughs> um, I too am a big Boulevard Week guy. I used to not like stuff like that. It was kind of my first, you know, foray into craft beer. Um, I will pick my favorite beer first here, and this is one that. You probably won't pick, so I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. And that's Coors Original. Okay. Original Coors. Not light.
0: Coors the Original. Banquet
2: beer. I do not drink Coors Light, but Coors Original, I love. I don't get it often, um, but I in a can or a bottle, you know, they have the little stubby bottles, or you can do it. I can do a can. Um, that's, to me, that's number one. Uh, Boulevard Wheat would have been up there as well. And my second pick, I'm going to take Corona because I do like Coronas and I do like... like It's one of those that if I eat Mexican food, I want a Corona. Yeah. So I'm going to jump and take Corona as well. Corona's
0: good. Um, it's not my favorite Mexican beer. Uh, it was funny, Bo, that during the the height of the pandemic, like sales had dropped off 50 percent there was a crowd of folks that thought they were going to get corona virus from drinking corona beer
2: yeah (laughs) yeah i think another reason that the it it dropped off is that when do you drink Corona? you drink it when you go to a mexican restaurant right you know it's yeah i mean it's but yeah there were people i remember that people thought they were going to get the coronavirus to get corona oh and that's where we are in this world
0: yes all right, so now I got two picks back-to-back. Back. Um, Bo, my, my next pick, I am uh, going to stay in the Boulevard family, go with my second favorite Boulevard beer, uh, and that is Tank 7. Uh, I love Tank 7. A little pricey uh, at times. Uh, it's good in a bottle. It's good on tap. Um, not necessarily best for every occasion. I mean, you, you're probably not going to have it at a party, but – you can have it with a nice meal, or go to a nice bar, um, and you know they always put it in a fancy glass. I mean, it's it is a, a very very good beer, and uh, it's a strong beer though. I've I've had my, my my stomach's been upset a couple times after drinking it, but you know what? It's worth it. So I'm gonna go with uh, Tank Seven with my second pick. Bo, you like Tank
2: Seven? It's okay. It's just not what I like, and it's I've had it a couple times. It's okay. You know, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I don't criticize other people's beers unless they're getting those like you know chocolate beers or coffee beers or shit like that. Think Seven's fine. I really, my favorite Boulevard beer is Boulevard Wheat, and it's probably the only one I would order at most places.
0: Okay.
2: It just and again, it's just a personal preference more than anything else.
0: Okay. Uh, um, I got another pick here. Uh, I'm gonna go with a a very popular, this is probably my favorite light beer in the domestic family. I can uh, drink these very fast and um, it would probably take me a while to get a buzz of some sorts drinking these, but nonetheless, it's very good. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Michelob Ultra. And you know what? The first time I ever saw Bill Shelf drink a beer, actually, was he was drinking Michelob Ultra. Uh, Michelob Ultra, one that... Is very good for every setting. It's always cheap. Um, you, you drink a few of those, you're going to go to the pisser pretty fast. But uh, Michelob Ultra very solid. Uh, I like Michelob Ultra, so that'd be my next pick. Bo, do, 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 do you drink Ultra?
2: I did when it first came out, and I can have them now. You know, it's one of those. You're on the golf course. If it's cold, it's was it got to be cold. I am. If a beer is not cold, 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 I don't drink it. I mean, I'm I am very much a snob like that. Okay,
0: so ultra off the board, Bo. Uh, you got back to back.
2: I. So you've got all of our wheat, tank seven, Mick Ultra. What else?
0: That's all I have, and you hardcore. have Coolers Original and Corona. Okay.
2: Um. Well, I got to go Bud Light. Okay. I mean, it's the you know, if you're just going for hardcore, hey, I'm going to pound a bunch of beers, <laughs> you know. Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light, you know, you're usually going to choose one of those three. To me, it's all about Bud Light in that case. I am not a Coors Light guy. Miller Light gives me headaches. I do like a Bud Light. So I'm going to take Bud Light as my number three pick.
0: Okay. Bud Light, uh, solid choice. Uh, What are you going to go with the next pick? All
2: right. Next one, I'm going to go with Heineken.
0: Okay.
2: I uh, can't drink a lot of them. But every so often, the green bottle with the red star will help you out. So it's a little different, a little different taste, but I like it. And so, it's, yeah.
0: Okay, uh, very uh, solid choice there. Uh, yeah, I, as
2: I open a beer, as we do this,
0: <laughs> what are we drinking tonight?
2: Oh, hang on. It's pretty good too. Steve Austin's Broken Skull. Yep, the uh, American Lager from El Segunda. Brewing company. This is uh, yes, yeah, Steve Austin's new beer. The uh, the Lager. I've had the IPA. Didn't care for because I don't really care for those. This is pretty good.
0: All right, my next pick. Uh, I'm gonna stay in my new home state of Texas, and uh, Shiner is my next choice. Uh, Shiner is really good. Um, I haven't seen it on tap a whole lot of places. Uh, I see it some in Texas, but not much nationwide. Mostly in the bottles, but Shiner uh, has never let me down. Uh, I will go with a uh, Shiner for uh, this next pick. Bo, have you had Shiner?
2: Yes, I don't care for it at all. Never have. <laughs> I just never have. It's one of those, you know, it's one of those Texas things. Okay. And you know how I'm, you know I am about Texas. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I uh, it's not my thing. Uh, some people like that kind of beer. But that's, that's a good example of one of those it's got quality, but it's just not what I like.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, another pick for me, uh, I'm going to go out to California. I'm going to go from Texas to California. And this one is amazing on tap. Um, I can't find it a whole lot of places on tap, but when I do see it on tap, I take advantage of it. Uh, Golden Road Mango Cart Wheat Ale. Um very good. And another one that you put down real quick. Great flavor. Um, solid drink choice. Bo, you ever had a mango cart?
2: I have not.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, that is uh, that is one I have not had.
0: Okay. So my pick so far, Boulevard Wheat, Boulevard Takes Seven, Michelob Ultra, Shiner, and Mango Cart. I have one more pick. Bo's got Cooler's Original. Grown an Extra, Bud Light, and Heineken. He's got two more picks left. Bo, you're on the clock. Back-to-back back picks. Your final two.
2: Okay. All right. This other one, um, I had – I've only had it a couple of times. But I found this in Hawaii. And a couple of years ago, the wife and I went for our anniversary to Hawaii. And we sat in the Maui Brewing Company. Um, they have a, a restaurant and a brewery there. And we sat in there had lunch one day. And we ended up being there for four and a half hours for lunch because Maui Brewing Company has a beer called Pineapple Mana. That is the best flavored beer I've ever had. I can literally drink it until I pass out. Vana? Yeah, Pineapple Mana. Okay. And it was, it was, it's like the wheat beer, it's kind of like a Boulevard wheat. Yeah. But you know you put the, uh, the lemon in boulevard wheat? Yeah. This one's got a pineapple flavor to it. Okay. And it was excellent. Uh, we cannot get it here in Kansas. There's only a few places you can get it. If you get a chance, get it. Uncle Rico got it for me in Colorado. He brought me – he bootlegged me a case a couple of years ago, and it was gone in like three days. Which, if you know me, a case of beer lasting three days at my house, that's a long – that's not a long time. I mean, that's usually a case of beer in my house last a couple of weeks. I don't drink that much, but it was just pound, 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 pound.
0: All right. Uh, Pineapple mana. So very, uh, very interesting choice there. I, I, I can't judge it because I haven't tried it, but it does sound happens.
2: I'll tell you, if you're ever in Maui, go to the Maui Brewing Company. It The best thing I can compare it to is Boulevard Wheat. Okay. It's very much like a Boulevard wheat. It's a, it's a wheat beer. It's just instead of that lemon flavor, it's got a pineapple flavor, which is, I mean, obviously, you know, the Hawaiian thing. Right. So that was the trip that convinced me that you can put pineapple on pizza as well. Oh, I don't
0: know about yeah. that. That's a, that's, a, I'll, I'll, that's a hot take.
2: Here, here's where I'll tell you it was one of the best pizzas I ever had. It was a pork and pineapple with a pesto sauce instead of the instead of a mar- marinara kind of sauce yeah it was a pesto sauce pizza sauce okay it's incredible we had that like three times in the days we were there
0: okay uh, um one more pick for you bo yeah
2: one more pick oh man all right um hmm. let me think here good god um I got like four of them here that I really like. All right. I'm going to go with Summer Shandy.
0: Oh, great pick.
2: I'm going to go Summer Shandy. I'm going to shout out to my homegirl, Kelly, who's the one who introduced me to the Summer Shandy at a Royals game, and we drank about 30 of them.
0: You can never go wrong with the Summer Shandy.
2: No, and that shit, when you're hot, that stuff's great. Yeah, Man,
0: same. and it's good in the bottle, it's good on tap. I mean, yeah, the
2: can, yeah. It's shandy's yeah. a winner. Yeah. So yeah, I'll go, I'll go summer shandy for my last pick.
0: There. Because I don't, I haven't tried the pineapple molness, so I can't judge it properly. But the ones I've had, I think that was your best pick, and you saved it for last with summer shandy. I respect yeah. that. Uh my final pick, I'm gonna go with something that. Actually, just now got to Texas, and it is universally loved on the East Coast. The oldest beer in America. Yingling gets my final pick.
2: I don't like that beer at all. <laughs> <laughs> I have tried it. I have wanted to like it. My boy Henri drinks that, and he has been like, come on, you'll like I have tried it, and I – it, no, not for me.
0: <laughs> Yingling, oh, it's so good. Uh, it's It's got – it feels like an upscale uh, Budweiser or or cooler. Yeah. Right? Step up, you know, and yeah, and still relatively cheap. Uh very good beer. I'll take a Yingling. I will never turn down a Yingling. Yeah, and That's my I, final pick. So I, I
2: would accept it. Man.
0: So my final, so my team is Boulevard Wheat, Boulevard Tank Seven, Michelob Ultra, Shiner, Mango Cart, and Yingling. Bo's team is. Cooler's Original, the Banquet Beer. Banquet Uh, Beer. (laughs) Corona Extra, Bud Light, Heineken, Pineapple, Mona, and Summer Shandy. Bo, what do you think of the two teams?
2: They definitely reflect who we are. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you can see with me, I'm not into darker beers. You know, I like like flavor. The Bud Light is on there because if you're going to just pound a bunch, I mean, if you're going to drink a bunch of them. And that's
0: what Michelob was for me.
2: Yeah, and that makes sense. You know, I can't I can't disrespect that. Um, I'm not a fan of Shiner Mach. It's just again, I don't like that type of beer.
0: Yeah.
2: It's not, it's not a bad beer, it's just not what I like. And I'm kind of the same way with Tank Seven. So um, I've never had my, the Golden Road Mango, but Yeah. so here's it's my not map. what i think about playing with my pick.
0: Here's my map. And and Bo maybe go over yours too. Uh Boulevard and Tank Seven, I stayed in Kansas City. Ultra went to St. Louis, Shiner. Right here in Texas. Mango Cart, I went to California. And Yingling, I went to Pennsylvania. So I covered the country pretty well. Um, you know, I went coast to coast with my beers. How, how was your beer map, Bo?
2: Well, see, I got Denver for Caulfur Coors. Corona, we go to Mexico. Bud Lights in St. Louis. Heineken's in Holland. Uh, Pineapple Manas in Hawaii. Summer Shanties in Milwaukee. So you went international. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you're not just an international player, you know, that's <laughs> what you got to do. <laughs> I, yeah. I just, again, the the Corona thing was, I, if I'm going to, maybe, if I got to eat Mexican food, that's what I'm going to drink with.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: you know, Heineken's one of those, for me, it's the one import that I'll drink. Yeah. In, the, in that kind of import. And, and then. Again, the Pineapple Mata was just something that I happened to have when I was traveling. And Summer Shandy is just – that's a summertime ballpark. It's, if it's cold and you're hot, it can go down.
0: Yeah. Because
2: I don't drink a lot of beer when I'm hot either. Right. Because it makes me feel disgusting and then I then I fall asleep.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, how yeah, that's uh, our draft this week. Uh, Bo, you've hated my draft picks uh, throughout the last few weeks. Uh, did I improve this week?
2: You improved desperately, yeah. I, I was so I saw you in Tom's draft from two weeks ago, when I wasn't able to do that draft, and I thought you guys were neck and neck. I couldn't, I couldn't call a winner on that.
0: Oh, when we uh, we we voted on Draft Plus,
2: yes. And, and so I I thought you guys were both really great on that. One. Uh, who Who did Jamarcus Russell? Uh, he took Jamarcus to Russell. Okay, then you win because we're taking LSU guys. That's just not good with me.
0: But I thought you would you would hate on that. My first pick was CNN Plus.
2: No, I mean I don't. I really didn't have any any opinions that was going to be huge. So <laughs> there's too many streaming services out there.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean one of them had to make that uh, list. But nonetheless, that's uh, our draft for this week here on the Jones Report. We'll do it again next week. A couple more things before we wrap up today's show. It is time for this week's. Big 12 breakdown when we go around the uh, Big 12 Conference. And uh, we mentioned at the top of the show, Oklahoma playing for the College World Series. The Sooners will take on the winner of Arkansas and Mississippi, as that has been forced to a game three. Oklahoma, they won the Big 12 this year, but that team was not anything special till later in the year. And then they got hot at the right time, and here they are uh, with a chance to win it all, Uh, Oklahoma baseball, typically not something that uh, we talk a whole lot about. Um, You know, in the Big 12, the last few years, you know, TCU, Texas Tech, Texas, um, you know, been the cream of the crop, Oklahoma in this position. um, You know, it's pretty interesting. You look at that athletic department, Derek, uh, softball team wins the national championship. Uh, You know, you, you got... The basketball program, Porter Moser is there now. You know, excite, a lot of excitement about what he's going to do in year two. New head coach and Brent Venables as well. Um, that is athletic going to market. the SEC in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of positive momentum going on in Norman.
1: Yeah, no, it, I mean it, it is. It's a it's a, it's a great year to uh, to be a Sooner. You know, you can be happy that Lincoln Riley left and went to. Uh, to USC um, and, and Brent's back, but yeah, I mean, just the, 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 the the run we would say, I know you're a gambler. Oklahoma's on a heater right now. Yes. With winning the women's college world series, the football team was, was very successful. Um, and then, you know, you go and now the men are playing for the national championship for what probably the first time in our life. I don't ever remember the, the Oklahoma men playing in the national championship for college baseball.
0: Right. Yeah, it's remarkable. Uh, a great job. And and, uh, you know, I, I was up there and, and I got to say one point, though, when I was up there in Omaha, uh, I went to Rocco's, which is the bar right across the street from the ballpark. And they, okay. do, they do a jello shot counter, a competition throughout the week between the schools to see who can snag the most jello shots. Um, I'm very disappointed. Oklahoma, not close at all. Arkansas and Mississippi running away with it miles ahead of That's,
1: that's not a surprise. That's That should surprise no one
0: that those uh, two
1: schools were, were, were up there. Mississippi State broke the
0: record last year. Mississippi State had over 2,000, I believe, Arkansas. Believe over six thousand jello shots consumed.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, I, you said Mississippi had over six thousand. Mississippi and Arkansas both over six thousand jello shots. Not a surprise. Not a surprise at all, given the fact that there's nothing to do in either of those states. <laughs> and all other that than just like you know marry your cousin. Oh,
0: uh, he said it, not me. I'm not going there. Hey. Uh, <laughs> um. Now, what's interesting, too, about uh, that whole ordeal, so I I did consume a jello shot. I contributed to the count, but, Derek, uh, tell me if this is a bad job by me or not. Uh, This one gal, she was a Mississippi State fan, or a Mississippi fan, rather, and she bought me a jello shot. So even though I was, you know, there supporting Sooners, I actually contributed to the Mississippi
1: count, did not contribute to the OU count. Um, I, I would have asked and said, hey, can can I get this account for Oklahoma? Um first of all, does she have all of her front teeth? Yeah, um, she was actually pretty attractive. Awesome. That's great. That might be one of the first in a long time from that state of a city. Um huh. but um you know, hey, uh never pass down free alcohol, never argue about it. Um, if, if it went towards that, uh, just chalk it up as a, as a donation. And your Sooners right. are in the national championship game, um, and, and you're they're, they're waiting to see who they're going to play.
0: Right now, it is worth noting too that last year, Derek, these Joe shots at the College World Series um, were made in house and they were pretty solid. This year, they went with the prepackaged ones, and now oh. they taste horrible.
1: Amateur hour.
0: I regretted taking that Joe shot.
1: Uh, I, I feel bad for you. My stomach hurts um, just hearing that for you. Um, Staying uh, in the, looking ahead to the new Big 12,
0: uh, the folks at Heartland College Sports this week, they put together this ranking of the new Big 12 teams when it comes to basketball. And it's what you would expect. They ranked them Houston one, BYU two, Cincinnati three, UCF four. But With that said, I I wanted to take a step back and go a little more big picture here, Derek. Um, If we were to combine, you know, looking at what those schools bring to the conference as a whole and how competitive they'll be in all sports and the valuable ones, the most valuable ones being football and basketball, how would you rank? Those four schools, how would you power rank in all-encompassing of those four what they're bringing to the new Big 12? I,
1: I would say that it's that it's Houston by far because the fact that their basketball program just played in a Final Four within the last two years. Um, I don't see Kelvin Sampson leaving anytime soon. Um, I don't know how long Dana Holgerson's going to be at, at Houston, but um, Houston has been a very good football program the last 10, 12 years, um, you know, no matter who's been the coach, whether it's been Kevin Sumlin, um, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And now that it's Dana Holgerson, they're producing pros. Um, I think it's going to be really cool to be able to get into that market um, for, for Houston. And then I would probably say, I think eyeballs wise though, the most fans that you're going to gain in terms of eyes on the TV set is BYU because they're a national they're nationally recognized because they, they, they obviously represent the Mormon community and, and most Mormons are, are huge BYU fans. Um, but I would, I would probably go Houston just because of their body of work and everything else that they have done. And then I would go, um, I would go UCF, I would go Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, and then um, BYU because, I mean, Cincinnati's, you know, they deserve to be in the college football playoff, and they were in it last year. Granted, they played a really, really good Alabama team, Um, but, you know, it's bringing another team that, you know, Oklahoma um, and Texas are leaving. So you did
0: better with Alabama than Michigan did with Georgia.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 you know, Georgia was a national champion and had like what, five, six, seven guys um, drafted from uh, that, that, that defense and several guys on that defense. I think it was four or five went in the first round, the Dean ended up falling, but you know, on that Georgia defense, they're going to have Jalen Carter, who's going to be a high top 10 pick in this coming 2023 NFL draft. Right.
0: Uh, for me, all four are pretty close. They're all in the same range of what they all bring. You know, I think that the most potential is UCF biggest school in the country in Orlando. Um, They've been really good at football. They've had a couple moments in basketball. I think they're a sleeping giant. I think a conference like the ACC is going to look back with regret of why they didn't take UCF when they had the chance to do so. Um, Huge
1: party school too.
0: Oh yeah, great party school. That's what I'm looking forward to. We got to make
1: a trip to. Nice. That's the one I'm most looking forward to of the new four. You were thinking you said it. I was thinking it. Right. We got to go. Um, Lance's Legion, baby. We're, we're we're on the march. We're we're going all over the country.
0: Oh yeah, let's do it. Let's let's ride. Um, with that said, where they are right now, I think your best edition of the four is, uh is BYU because they're the biggest brand. They're good in both sports. Um, I would Can't say- play BYU's, on Sundays. Right. You know, national brand for a long time. Uh, and you get the mountain time zone and the flexibility to have games out West that you didn't have to before. So BYU is the best right now, but I would then go probably Houston and then I'd go UCF and I'd go Cincinnati. But even Cincinnati fourth- not a knockout at all. Well, I can, my concern with Cincinnati is if Luke Fickle leaves, because his name came up for a lot of good jobs. He probably, yeah. he probably could have had the Notre Dame job in all honesty, if he wanted. Um, yeah. If Luke Fickle leaves, what is Cincinnati without Luke Fickle? I don't know. The other three programs have a pretty you know decent track record and good foundations for getting ready for the
1: Big Twelve. Yeah. I don't
0: know where Cincinnati will be in
1: a life after a Little Football. And I think all I think all Gus Malzahn's gonna do at, at UCF is win nine, ten games every year once he gets his type of players in there. Um, I think that was extremely dumb for Auburn to to move on um from him. I, I know what Auburn they got now and Brian Arson, yeah. Well, but not only that, I mean, you know, Auburn, obviously, yes, they won a national championship in 2010 with with Cam Newton and and Gene Chizik. You and I could have coached that team to a national championship with the talent that they had in Cam Newton winning the Heisman um, that year as well. But I think Auburn fans are going to realize, you know, it's cool every once in a while when you can beat Alabama, but you're not really a contender against them regularly. And Gus Malzahn, you know, I think he'd beaten them three times and they still fired him which right. made no sense. You know, he was the only coach that in recent memory had, you know, competed against Alabama regularly.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. It's a very good point uh, there before we go, before we wrap up today's show, time for our Tom Fulry story of the week. Uh, Thomas Bridges brings us a story that's happening crazy in the world, but this time uh, with Derek Hagland filling in, I turned the duties over to him to catch us up to speed. And Derek, where shall we head to this time?
1: Let's head to. Uh, we're we're gonna head to the the World Cup, obviously twenty twenty two. It's in Qatar, but it uh, it's not taking place this summer because it's too damn hot over there. So it's gonna take place in like November and December, um, over in 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 Qatar. Um, but uh, Qatar, I'm sorry, it's just so funny. Um, Qatar is an extremely uh, forceful uh, and very religious country, apparently, um, that uh, if they find out that you are having sex with someone who is not your wife or you're married or you're not married and having sex, you face up to uh, seven years in prison in Qatar. That is the law of the land there. Don't sign me up to go there. No, thank you. So, so tell me more about this. What's the, what's the
0: details here?
1: So you can't have a female in your room. Um, if they're not your wife, you're not to be mingling or interacting with females. Females are not uh, respected over in Qatar um, is, is what I'm gathering. Um, they might be below the pig um over over there um but yeah if you if you get caught or anything like that fraternizing with women having them in your room if they're not your wife or your children um you're going to be in big trouble because they expect you to be to follow the rules and the laws over there uh however long you're over there playing the sport this is going to be very interesting
0: you know if it was the olympics that were going there i think ryan lochte might just
1: quit he just might be like i'm done <laughs> yes, this would not work for Ryan Lochte. Uh, it's a very good point to to choose from on that one. I was not expecting that. I but mean, yes, Ryan, Ryan Lochte might be like, yeah, you know, you're your favorite in the in the in the 100, the 500, the 200, or the 400. Yeah, I'm out. Like, I yeah, I'm I'm just done. I can't. I'm gonna.
0: I'm, I'm out, out.
1: Not just because I can't
0: do it, but like. My body's not going to feel right. I can't compete at the, the normal level. I mean, right,
1: right, right, exactly. You, you, you've got to be able to get that pleasure uh, some way. Um, and I'm and, and well, speaking of pleasure, highly is there a ban on
0: using the, the left hand? I, I, I,
1: I don't know, but apparently porn is, is, is highly frowned upon. So Dayton Moore would be a, a huge supporter of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so not great, uh, if, uh, you want to go over there and watch, uh, watch a, you know, a movie or, uh, you know, you want to have a good time with your girlfriend, whatever. I mean, you're, uh, you're in tough luck
1: here. I mean, yeah, I'll just wait for four years when it comes to Kansas City since they're, the, since they're, uh, I think they, you're they, allowed they, they to have
0: to, sex in Kansas City.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is America. Um, so I'm proud to be an American now, um, Do you think
0: Quentin Lucas, the kid city mayor, should hold a press conference and be like, you know what? When we host the World Cup, I just wanted the world to know, you guys can have sex and you can watch porn.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, I don't know if he'll be in office by then. Um, Or whoever. Like, that would be my press conference. I would hold a press conference tomorrow and say... You know what? I would, I would, I would this just hand to the to the to the teams as they're getting off the uh, the plane at the uh, new uh, KCI airport, which will be done uh, sometime next year.
0: You giving them the the, the the Trojan Max?
1: Yeah, sure. Just be like, hey, take a handful of these. Be smart. Be safe. It's allowed here. We know last time when you were in in, in the World Cup, it wasn't allowed. But you know, this is America, um, so you're fine. You're set. You're you're good. We encourage it. Um, just clean up after yourself.
0: Now, here, here's the other thing: like, how the hell do you enforce this? Are they going to be walking That's on a, people, walking
1: in on people. They, like they're going to have security guards, and they're going to have they're going to have it. Uh, they're going to have it highly, um, high highly secured. I guess is the the term. How use. are they they're, not going to know money. if someone
0: is your wife or your girlfriend? They're going to know that much detail.
1: I guess I, 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 it sounds like there's paperwork and stuff that you have to submit to be able to, to, to be able to do that because, um, sex is, is highly frowned upon outside of marriage in Qatar for religious reasons. Okay. So there's a lot of steps that you got to go through, but so I don't I, know how many people are taking their family over there because of how crazy of a country it is, um, with human rights and everything. So
0: I have two predictions here. Uh, I hope you're ready for this there. Okay. Um, one, obviously, the rules going to be broken, but I think that there is going to be like a high-profile player or coach that gets like caught. Yeah, a-
1: like Christian Pulisic from the U.S. men's team.
0: Oh, he definitely has sex.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, look at him. <laughs> um, <laughs> but hey, I'm saying like he might be the American that 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 happens to.
0: <laughs> that, that's that's your uh that's your pick of who, who's getting
1: it 100 that's that's the guy I, yeah that's the guy i would pick absolutely
0: yeah um i want to see them like there's no way they actually you know if they catch somebody in the act someone that's so pro- high profile like can you imagine you go to jail and you say oh what are you in here for oh you know i stole something nah you know i shot somebody I had sex with my girlfriend.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so here, here's here's something that's funny because I, I I I'm not sure if it's in uh, if it's in your uh, particular Bible. Um, it's in some of them. So there's a show I used to watch uh, called uh, called Justified, and there was a guy who was on there who was a real idiot. I don't know if you've ever heard of the story. It's about a a former lawman. He's a he was a U.S. marshal. He was the type of like shoot question shoot shoot first and ask questions after people are dead. Um, okay. And he was always after, he was always trying to get this one particular guy. And this guy had like this, uh, this church group out in the woods. And one of these guys got kicked out for being an Onanist. <laughs> you know what that means? Yes. Okay. So in case people he, don't know though, explain to the folks at He got kicked out for, for spanking the monkey. Yeah, kicked out of the church group for that. So, just that always cracks me up hearing stuff like that.
0: Um, speaking of spankings, by the way, I didn't tell you this. Um, I was at a at a club on a Saturday night. I got spanked by a gay guy. Actually, how was that? That was okay. I mean, like I wasn't. I wasn't offended, and I wasn't turned on by it. I'm like, okay, just walk All
1: right. Well, that's good. So you're all set then. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't judge. No, no. Yeah, I'm hey, kidding. you know, no judgment, And I.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so I was not going to go to Qatar anyway, but I'm definitely not going now.
1: Yeah. Same here. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm going to, I'm going to pass on that. I'm not going to, uh, uh, I'm not going to make that flight. Unfortunately, I love my country. I'll, I'll just watch from home. Right. Yeah. It'll be I, winter time here too. Anyway, like it'll be like November. It may be not pretty nice weather here. Um, Derek will stay at home and watch plenty of Lisa Ann from his house. Sure. Absolutely. More <laughs> of a Nikki Benz fan, but okay. You know,
0: <laughs> you know, we did this this draft segment each week, and uh, one idea that was brought up we haven't done it, and I'm I'm opposed to it, but I'm curious what you think is drafting porn stars.
1: Oh, I'd do that. <laughs> I had a life before a lot of people knew me, so just saying, um, you could put you together know.
0: a pretty good roster.
1: Oh, absolutely, I could find some hidden gems.
0: Before this conversation gets too weird, <laughs> let's, let's get out of here. Let's uh, wrap up the day. Yeah. Show. Uh, Derek, it was a uh, pleasure having you with us, uh, filling in for Thomas Bridges this week. Uh, Derek, uh, what are you, were you up to? Where can people uh, follow you and see all your stuff? Man? Yeah.
1: Just give me, just give the follow at uh, DT underscore Haglund. Same thing on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, not much, not up to much right now. You know, it's kind of the quiet time because, uh, Training camp starts in July, but when the, when the chiefs get ready to start up, um, you know, full throttle in, uh, in and on, uh, in and on that and, uh, looking forward to it, um, you know, I, the, the, Royals are, are not great right now. The only things that matter are watching the young guys like Bobby Wood Jr. and MJ Melendez. And then, you know, football is going to be full speed and, um, you know, the AFC is going to be, be the Wild West, but uh, all is right when football season's happening. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'll see you so here. going to win the Big 12 in football this year, so that's cool. Yes. You know, I'm looking forward to that, going to Dallas for the Big 12 championship. Yeah, you're going to stay at my place. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you're going to bring
0: Joe with you. We'll have a great time. Yeah. Sure. Um, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks. I'll be uh, – yeah we'll be hitting up your brother on getting all those free beers at the Royals game. Yeah. We got to
1: find out what night he works too. I don't want to go to a game when he's not working. Ooh, um, that's very important. Yeah. Big yeah. So, so we got to figure that out. Okay. You do that.
0: And uh, we'll see you all back here next week here on the Jones sport. As always subscribe to the show, new episodes out each and every Thursday on Apple, Spotify, Google podcasts, leave us a five star review or don't leave us one at all. You can find me on Twitter at dollar Jones live, Facebook.com slash Tyler Jones live and uh, facebook.com slash studio soapbox twitter at studio underscore soapbox instagram Tyler Jones live and jones underscore report you can find us there big thanks to John Goodwin as well as coach Bo for joining us you the listener as well for Derek Ack. I'm Tyler Jones for entire Cruise. saying so long this has been another edition of Jones School I'll see you next time